everybody, welcome to Frame Trap. Today I am joined by the wonderful guest at the end there, Michael Huber. Hello. And the always dapper looking Bradley Ellis. Cloud Strife. Cloud Strife. Yeah. Uh, that was actually how I wanted to open up Frame Trap today. I'm going to be hosting you through this. I'm Ben Moore. Uh, and we are like really right now in this moment, I think, in the calm before the storm. We were talking before we started shooting about how E3 is right here. We can feel it. We're knocking on that door, yeah. but it's not here yet. How do you feel in this moment? Are you nervous? Are you excited? Calm. You're calm. I'm calm. Okay. Yeah. And, Calm because you just, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. Calm because you just know it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I know it's going to be awesome. Okay. I'm feeling good. Okay. Feeling like everything is just going to be awesome. Huber, I was in (laughs) your state of mind, I think, at first. But then the Final Fantasy VII remake announcement happened. And it's just, yeah, the Final Fantasy VII remake has been... I feel like it was announced forever ago. Mm-hmm. It was. And so for it to be real, again, in the way that it was real, yeah. it just kind of rocked my whole world, man. Yeah, There's definitely. A whole, E3 is, could be anything now. Yeah. It could be anything. I like uh, saving the energy, though. Yeah. You know? I have to. It's like, I'm, I'm in a zen state now, I think. That's what it is. You were, I bet the energy will get expended on this very episode. <laughs> Probably. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, all that E3 energy is gone. Brian, how are you feeling? My Wii 7 remake is like uh, your yeah, number yeah, one yeah. baby. That's, that, I mean, that's sitting exp- or E3 for me, like on fire. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, this is what I want the most right now in my life, and it's going to be there, so it's very reassuring. And Shenmue 3 playable, dude. And Shenmue 3 playable for Huber. Oh, okay. High five. Uh, I'm, very, <laughs> I'm very nervous about E3. <laughs> Just the fact of everything that comes with E3, the hours. I mean, I love it, but I'm going to be tired. Yeah. I I think it's kind of a hard thing to communicate because it's not... I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it is always a weird feeling because our that is definitely the time where we have the most eyeballs it's on us. It's the most stressful time for us. It's very intense. And it's like, you, it's like you're having a party mm-hmm. and like you're happy that everyone's there, but there are certainly a lot of people that you don't recognize. Yeah. And that's always a, just a new feeling. <laughs> it's a feeling that comes around every <laughs> once a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, man, seeing Monster Hunter Iceborne, I mean, a lot of this, if you've seen our reactions, you know this already, yeah. but... That was great, too. So it was nice having Final Fantasy VII Remake, which I know this kind of sounds weird considering it's a remake, but was new and exciting. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you have something like Monster Hunter Iceborne where it was like, oh, yeah, I really fucking love that game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah dude. Uh, nice. Blanket. Kind of yeah. on both ends of the spectrum. There, oh, yeah. Which is really nice. But um, don't forget about Predator. Don't forget about Predator. Don't forget about yeah. Predator. Well, we don't know much about <laughs> it, dude. No, but I'm glad you're doing this. I'm glad you're doing this because uh, after State of Play, w- there was a lot of things getting hyped, a lot of things I think that tugged on our taste specifically, uh, such as Final Fantasy VII Remake and uh, more Not Persona started. stuff mm-hmm. and Iceborne. And like Huber would jump into all those conversations, and then in between those conversations, he'd be like, Predator! Yeah. <laughs> and like really kept it right at the front of our minds, which I appreciated. It was nice. Because like, Friday the 13th... Is it the same people? Yeah. Okay. Friday the 13th, Kickstarter, lower budget, had a lot of problems, but like, it, at its heart, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was like, it, it felt so true to Friday the 13th. So now with Sony and 20th Century Fox backing this, budget. like... I'm really excited for Predator. I think it's going to be solid. With the way things are going for you, <laughs> I think when Shenmue 3 comes out, like you're going to get a knock at your door and it's going to be Jason Voorhees. 
<laughs> and he's going to play the whole game with you. Yeah. <laughs> and then murder you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hubert, there's a game I knew we were going to talk about today, hmm. but I didn't know that I personally, Ben Moore, was going to be as into it and as excited about it as I am. Like, I'm really surprised. Between this and The Division 2, these are like my two biggest personal surprises of the year so far. And that is Days Gone. I really like Days Gone so far, man. Days Gone. Days Gone. Um, And you've finished Days Gone, Huber, and Brad, you're at the end. Or, I don't know if I'm at the end, but I've been playing far. I'm far. Brad is very, very far. I'm definitely nowhere near as far as that, but uh, I have been playing it. Uh, for I don't even know how long I've just been kind of going with the flow, yeah. but uh, I feel like I've got a, a decent sense of the gameplay loop in that game, uh, and there are a lot of things that are really impressing me. But you, Michael Huber, you finished it. Um, you and Jones finished it first. Jones was yeah. reviewing it, and you came out and you said a lot of great things um, mm-hmm. that I didn't really quite understand. I didn't quite understand until I I really got my hands on it. Yeah. Um, but what is your big takeaway from Games Go- Days Gone? What's the thing that impresses you the most? The way it handles survival, the way it handles resources, like the resource management in this game is like the blockbuster of resources. Like, how do I explain it? It's like you have something like Don't Starve where it's like super hardcore Mm -hmm. intense. But this, this straddles the line of like accessibility, playability, while also... Like, having to scrounge for items. You're never 100%. Like, like Brian and I were talking, you, you know, if you take your time, you'll be pretty good on resources. But I really appreciate that you have to go out of your way to, to look for things. Yep. You can't waste items. There's a couple key things that make the whole system work well, and that's fuel for your, fuel for your motorcycle. motorcycle and... Molotov cocktails. Yep. Because the only way to burn nests uh, is Molotovs. And I felt like, especially later in the game... Can't you throw, like, gas cans? Gas can. You can throw gas yeah. cans, too, but, like, those are slightly rare. Like, you can't can't you can't sure. count on it. Yeah. It's like Molotovs. is like, all right, I have some in my inventory. Right. But I got to... Like, there were a couple times when I would just be out in the wild, and I wouldn't have the resources to take down a nest, and I would have to leave. That happened to me today before we shot that. this show. I was playing, and I had to clear out six nests, mm-hmm. and I got halfway through, and I needed more. And I was like, yeah. okay, well, it's getting dark. Yeah. I am running out of materials from all the tough cocktails. Like, I'm going to make the choice to retreat, go back to my base, get what I need, get kerosene. I was mm-hmm. out of kerosene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kerosene. Um, and I went, and I slept, and it was just, it wasn't. A huge thing, but even even as I was leaving, Deacon was like, I guess I'll come back and clear yeah. the rest <laughs> yeah. of these out yeah. later. Yeah. And just having that context and feeling like, okay, this is a game where it's constantly saying that you need to be paying attention, yes. that everything matters, that everything has purpose and consequence. And I felt that. There was enough strain on the resources mm-hmm. that I was able to buy into that world a little bit more, which was so awesome. Totally. But ex- kind of exactly what you were saying. I think It's that not pop- annoying. Right. It wasn't like, okay, well, now I don't want to play this because I'm not having any fun yeah right um and yeah i think the gas for me you mentioned it as being kind of your number one thing it's also my number one thing uh because they early on they come up with a tooltip and they're like hey 
Like, if you want to save gas, don't accelerate down hills. Yeah. And you got to think about that. And then I realized in so many open world games, I'm either fast traveling and not thinking about it, mm-hmm. or like I'm just kind of like tuning out, like, okay, time yeah. to get in the car, time Auto to follow the dot. And like here, you have to worry about gas enough, and gas is depleting from your tank mm-hmm. enough yeah. that you're like, okay, let me look at the map. Uh, okay, if I fast travel, this is how much it's going to take for yeah. gas. And it's just making those little considerations invested me so much more in yes. the world. Mm-hmm. The way it handles fast travel, because so many times I would fast travel somewhere and then I would like, it would warp me there and I'd be like almost out of gas. Yeah. Or so many times I'd be like running low and I'm trying to get somewhere and there's like a gas station up there and it's like, oh my gosh, I can roll into this gas station, but there's freakers everywhere. <laughs> I'm like low on supplies. Just so many of those moments suck me in. Definitely. Uh, man, I had a great moment where I was riding on my bike and there was a group of, of freakers yeah. and one of them just jump tackled me like off the bike. <laughs> he jumped on top of me. My bike crashed. I had to go and deal with him. And then pick up the bike. Yeah. yeah, it was really, really cool. Um, so, the one last resource, too, that's really important that adds to the whole thing for me, because I, I did melee so much, is the scrap. Yes. Yeah. I love the way it handles scrap because I felt like really early on I had so much, but then I got really dependent on the my, melee. my melee, which the, another point of praise is the melee. Mm-hmm. Some of these melee weapons are awesome to <laughs> use. You feel the impact. Uh and it was tough. It was like, wow, five scrap to repair this? Yeah. Because there's like the saw bat that you could craft, but then I found like the best weapon, the best bat ever. It was like max damage, max durability, and I couldn't, I didn't have a recipe to craft that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, dude, I need to hang on to this. I never want this thing to break. Like, this is my weapon now. So I kept having to invest scrap into that. Yep. If my, my motorcycle took damage, that was more scrap mm-hmm. being used. But you Just kind of really great balance. You kind of glossed over something in there that, at least so far in my experience, is another thing that I really like. And I, I kind of, I feel like with a lot of games, this is something that I talk about because I do think it's important. And repairing your melee weapons with scrap is a yeah. skill. Mm-hmm. And I feel yeah, like a yeah, lot yeah. of the skills that I'm getting, like when I get a skill point, I'm excited about it because. A lot of them I'm looking, I'm like, oh, yeah, that would be really useful. That would help me either be more efficient, more powerful, or just something along those lines. And, man, I feel like I play so many games where, like, I get to a point very quickly and I'm like, I just, I don't care. Like, I don't don't need any of this stuff. And I don't feel that right now with Days Gone, which I like. It it takes a while to get there. When I do get there? Yeah. Okay. I'm there already. Okay. With skills? Yeah. Oh. I'm like, I don't need any more. Oh, dude. like, dude, I have all the stuff in the melee tree I need. Yeah. I have all the stuff in the shooting tree I need, and there's not that much in the, like, the scouting tree I actually need. Was that stamina, like, though? Wasn't survival stamina? It's like, I have so much. I got one stamina upgrade, and once you get the improved roll, yeah. it's like. Love the it's roll. So, it's so much easier. Yeah. Because you just like roll all the time. For sure, for sure. Because like, it barely takes any away now. Yeah. That's disappointing because definitely at the start, but, it's like, been... But like, I'm very far into this game though. Right. I felt, I've, for me, I felt like the skills mattered the whole way. Okay. Like, it, they weren't essential, I'd say, near the end. Yeah, I think... But that... I still felt like every time I got one anyway, I was pumped. I was like, yes. Nothing feels like really completely worthless. Yeah. Right. But you definitely have, of course you have the skills that are just like way better. Yeah. Right. Like sure. double ammo. <laughs> Prioritize for sure. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Min max it. Yeah. Um, ammo is another good thing to bring up uh, because there have definitely been, fi- I've, 
in a lot of the firefights that I'm getting, either as part of a story mission or just on the road, it's like always something that I have to think about. And even so, like the suppressor for the primary weapon, for the secondary weapon, the durability feels fair. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, okay, well, it's not so worthless that I only get a couple of kills in with it, but it's not so generous that I, I... can't like slap on a suppressor and then forget about it. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm going to use it for this situation and then take it off. And it's just, yeah, yeah. making you think about how you're approaching is really, mm-hmm. really good. I do think, uh, one of my biggest complaints, I don't think the shooting is good. No. It's, it's like, it's not whatever. great, but it's not bad. It's, it's efficient. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's just this looseness to it for that sure. doesn't quite feel. Yeah. There's a skill very early on that I think really defined and helped my entire playthrough, and that's the, uh, I forget the name of it, it's like hard target or hard boiled or... Steadier? It's when you melee... Oh, and the shot. Your next shot does... I saw that. So Mm -hmm. I played the early, like, 15, 20 hours of this game just bashing someone, Hmm, and then, like, Ethan Hunt freaking MI Ghost Protocol, like, quick draw, boom, boom, boom. See, I it found, was so awesome. I found the focus where you slow down time, yeah, kind of mm-hmm. uh, so Red good. Redemption style, yeah, is like too it's OP. So good, yeah. It, it feels like the shooting kind of relies on it in mm-hmm. a, in a way. Um, if you want headshots, it, yeah, yeah, it's like, <laughs> and you yeah. want headshots, yeah. you're not, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so like getting that, and then getting the thing that like reduces the cooldown for that immediately yeah. was very very useful. Um, I do want to talk about. There's a bunch of things I want to talk about on this game, Ben. Yeah, <laughs> so this is the time to do it. So many points. I just wanted to bring up uh, <laughs> something that I thought was really good. Uh, and so far, I kind of am getting more and more into the characterization of Beacon. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Because yes. I think yes. it is hard to have a character like that that isn't annoying. And what I mean, the type of character that I think I'm getting from Deacon is somebody who's just barely holding it together. Yeah. Um, because I think... Just writing that character, you can lean too hard into them being, like, too dickish for no reason, having, like, no soft spot in them whatsoever, or being, like, way too insane and, mm-hmm. like, not relatable in any way. And he's he's kind of threading that needle for me yeah. where he the way that he delivers some of his lines is kind of off-kiltered and rattled enough. Yeah. But there's a groundedness to him uh, yeah. that is that is kind of <sighs> holding in place. What's the actor's name? Sam Witt. Whitwer? I don't know. I Sam Whitwer, I believe. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. I love him. That was one of the things I wanted to say is the acting in this game, I think, is top notch. These, like, say what you will about maybe the script or, or some of the characters here and there, but as a whole, I thought this ensemble cast in Days Gone just nailed it. Like, everyone has such a clear, defined personality. And, like, yeah, there's some archetypes, you know, mm-hmm. like Copeland conspiracy theorist. Far Cry 5 villain. Yeah. Copeland is yeah, the, the worst. worst. For sure. <laughs> uh, but, but Tucker. Tucker, I Tucker thought, was really great. really definable character. Yeah. And, like, yeah, I just thought the, the acting Man. sells these characters so much. One of my favorite scenes so far is when you, like, get in the golf cart with Tucker and you're just yeah. going around the camp and she's just talking about yeah. different things mm. and, like, shit-talking to people and just kind of, like... Being tough as nails, but you can also kind of just get the sense of stress and the weight that she has, like, trying yeah. to look out for these people, I sure. think is really, yeah. really good. Work camp. Uh, the game definitely gets better, too, as you go on. Nice. Yeah. Um, I really like, also, the mission structure, where um, 
even early on, I feel like I have a ton to do. And it's not really demanding that I go one way or the other. It's like, hey, do you want to go do this bounty hunt? Do you want to go clear out these infestations? Do you want to go get your rep up for this one camp or another? And I, I just, I feel like I have a lot of choice immediately, and that's really good. Obviously, there's an intro to the game, and you go through it and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, I, I like that a lot. And, again, kind of talking about thinking about how you approach things, what I do is influenced by how close I am to it, mm-hmm. if I've unlocked fast travel points there, if I know there are going to be resources there. Um, and so that's influencing what missions I do, and that's really cool, mm-hmm. too. Totally. Uh, another big thing for me was stealth. Yeah. I love Stealth in this game, I just always love the option of stealth. It's why I I love The Evil Within 2 so much. The idea when stealth is an option when you need to manage your resources. I Mm -hmm. love that in video games. Just, you have limited resources, you can go in guns blazing, or you can be cautious, go in stealth. You know, there's melee weapons, of course, and I just thought that balance... Mm -hmm. Was was really just uh, on point. Rolling like stealth is the most efficient yeah. thing, and it, rolling just cr- into tall grass. it just cracks me up, dude. I'm just yeah. rolling like everywhere. No, it, yeah. it doesn't make any more sound for sure. So, but like you, sometimes I would like step on a bear trap and be like, oh, oh yeah, and he's like, yeah. Yeah. when that when you when you accidentally step into a bear trap for the yeah. first time, yeah. yeah, for sure. And like they have the trip wires everywhere mm-hmm. when you have yeah, to trip cl- wires are cool. When you have to, uh, I love the little kind of mini games where you have to you go to a uh, uh, a Nero. Uh, supply oh, camp, and you, you gotta to find the gas and break yeah. the, the speakers. Yeah, that's breaking cool. all the speakers, and you kind of gotta trace them back to their point and make sure you got them all before you before you turn it on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, love that stuff. I, any game that I can, I almost always pick the stealth option. Yeah. It's just the most satisfying. For to, sure. like, yeah. dismantle a situation, mm-hmm. pick them off one by one. There's another game where I'll get to talk about that in a little bit, but uh, I do think the AI like. It's pretty easy to stealth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, like, you go into a bush and I feel practically invisible. Like, mm-hmm. even if they're right next to me, they don't notice me. Uh, it's really easy to just run away. And cool. th- that's fine. That's not game breaking. Uh, I think the situation that I was like, yeah, this is whatever, is the Nero guys where you can't fight them at all. It oh, just has yeah, to make yourself. And that's, that's fine. But I think part of what makes a game like Days Gone interesting is having those situations where you do have a plan and you can go stealth or you can face them head on and you have to do a mix of the two because you have a situation that changes like somebody yeah. sees you or something comes mm-hmm. in that's unexpected whereas in that situation it was like okay you have to stealth and if somebody sees you once you have to do it again and yeah. it's like that wasn't as interesting to me it, it didn't sure. feel like limiting you in that sense was worth it what sold me on those was you're learning about the freakers. That's yeah. when you learn so yes. much. Yes, the, that's true. The uh, There's this like biology major guard mm-hmm. that like follows one of the scientists around and they're always getting in these conversations and he's yeah. like, he's like, so uh, doc, what's, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like, well, if you must know. Again, <laughs> the, the acting, like I was so attached to these two random characters that are barely in this game. Mm-hmm. You never see their face. Like, awesome. Just good world building there. Yeah. Uh, I love the hordes in this game too. Yep. Yep. Like, yep. 
I know they do this in other games, but I think they're really great in this game. They're actually mm-hmm. pretty threatening <laughs> if you blow it. Yeah. It's like, dude, I got to get the hell out of here. Yeah. I mean, you could kill them, but it's going to be probably sloppy unless you really prepare for it. Yeah. And they make you really gear up for those. Yeah. Like, taking on a horde is not even really an option until you are equipped, like, you which I love. Try to have the gas ready, yeah. set some traps maybe, got those yeah. Molotovs, pipe bombs, grenades, yeah. big machine gun. Like, dude, so sick. Have, like, the bike, like, space so you can get some distance and get off and kill some, get around on it. Yeah. It's cool. I like it. Do you do you uh, park your motorcycle, like, in the tall grass and, then like, get out ever? Or? I give myself... <laughs> I definitely like okay. I'm I'm approaching the situation. I don't necessarily park it in the tall grass, but I'll make sure like okay, I'm gonna park enough away. Yeah, that, me and too. Then sneak there That's what I do. Because sometimes I drove too far in. And yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The drifter. I was like, oh. Yes. Yes. Once that happened to me, I was yes. like, oh yeah, of course. Like, park out earlier. Yeah. Um, it is a lot of games do this. It's not just Days Gone, but I always love when the time of day is a consideration. Me too. When uh, it's like okay. They're going to be more aggressive, more powerful at night, but they're not going to be, like, in the nests as much. Do you want to come at night? Do you want to go at day? I love that decision. Yeah. Any game that it's mm-hmm. in, if it's done, like, reasonably well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, man. It's weird. Um, because Days Gone was one of those games where it came out and it reviewed, and I just wasn't able to play a ton of it right away. And It's still I, so new. Yeah, it is. It's still so new. But I, I think this game... Is better than maybe like the general consensus of reviews is letting on. 100% I agree. Um, I can't really speak, I guess, to the quality of the overall story yet. Mm-hmm. But in terms of survival mechanics uh, and how much fun those are to engage with, like if, if that even remotely sounds interesting to you, mm-hmm. I like you can just kind of get into an addictive flow with this yeah. game. Like yeah. it's, it's really fun. It's... Um... It's had patches, which I'm sure has helped. Because there's a lot yeah, of, I like, I've run into, like, a lot of bugs in this game. Yes. Nothing, like, where I'm like, oh, my God, this yes. sucks, ruining. Totally. But I've had dialogue, like, totally. repeat four times in a row. It's just kind of like, oh, that's really weird. Yeah. Um, I was trying, we were talking about it before the show, but uh, I was hiding behind a door, and, like, the enemy just went through it. Like, it wasn't there. Yeah. It wasn't a physical yeah. object in the game. But, um, Shinobi on Twitter shared a really funny one. He was like, wait for it. And he's like sitting in a bush for like ten seconds, and then an entire horde just, just appears around him. Yeah. And it's like okay, yeah. But like stuff like that is like funny to me, you know. Like you said, there's nothing that really pissed me off. No, I would say the only one was there's one for 100 percenting a, sto- a specific storyline. There's a trophy, and I did that, and the trophy didn't pop. So it's like, always a bummer. And I was like going for the platinum. I would have got it. It's Rough like, around cool. the edges. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a small thing. I think that's really what makes this game so fascinating to me is it's kind of a bunch of small things that add up. Like, they don't they don't really sound that impressive on their own, but when you do put them all together in what Days Gone is trying to do, it's pretty awesome. Uh, I really love the way they handle bounties. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. zombie, like, when you kill humans, you can, you can loot them, you can get ammo. That's a very good way to kind of replenish yourself. Mid-fight is make sure, like, okay, I took down that diet, let me go get them. Zombies, obviously, not freakers, whatever. <laughs> Uh, don't have Freaks. ammo or, or resources like that in the same way, but you can get, like, their ears, and then you can go back into camp and, like... Uh, get currency Get for currency the camp. for that, and I love that. I Trust. love that, like, beyond just the general experience that you're getting and leveling up, 
there's there's a physical reward for that. There's like a process of being like, okay, it really mattered that I killed this one Definitely. freaker, that I put myself at a little bit yeah, of risk for sure. to get him. I appreciate that each camp has its own currency kind mm-hmm. of thing too. Yeah. Like it makes like not, this world is like in shambles and not everyone's using the same amount of stuff. Totally. You're like getting favors from each camp by working for them. And just like immediately you go to two different camps that are on edge with each other. Yeah. You get to make decisions like, hey, I found this thing. Do I want to bring it over here yeah. and increase rep over there? Or do I want to bring it over to this other camp and increase mm-hmm. it over there? That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that you get access to more things in the shops as you increase their trust yeah. level. That's really cool. Every time you level that up, it feels worth it. Yes. Like, every time. New upgrade. Every time you upgrade your bike. New guns. Like, yes. Yeah. And, yeah, I. there are a lot of times where, like, side quests – the feeling is like, yeah, I guess I'll do that. Whereas here, it's like, no, I want, I want to increase their trust. Mm-hmm. I want these extra benefits, and I really like mm-hmm. uh, that sort of excited. I want to chase after this feeling, definitely in a game for sure. I think they did a really good job with the environment too. Yeah, like absolutely. for a game taking place in Oregon, where you think of just like just trees, pretty much whole time. They do a really good job of like diversifying areas, yeah, making them feel different. Like the desert area, and there's a couple other areas I won't go into, but are like different. Brad, I think that's honestly one of the biggest appeals of the game is it's just kind of relaxing being alone on the bike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it, there's just something. A it feel- is. It's yeah. a beautiful environment. It's just soothing. Uh, and then it gets crazy. And then it yeah. gets really intense. And that kind of like those really intense moments with those huge soar- s- s- swarms. Wow. Uh, versus just being alone on the yeah. bike. It's a nice. Horde hype. The hordes are so, yeah, so cool. fun. Little when you, more. like, see them, when you're, like, far away and you just see, like, a big horde walking. It's, it's so really cool. awesome. Just, like like you said, setting up traps. Mm-hmm. I got, like, proximity bombs. Yeah. And I, like, put them between these, like, two semi-trucks. Yeah. And then, like, shot some, <laughs> some freakers and, like, let them through. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so cool. I feel like, like tight quarters. There's very little in Days Gone that is, like, super new. Yes. But... I think it, I think it's very considered, and I like it. Like it doesn't matter, and I get it. I get zombie fatigue. I mm-hmm. get post-apocalyptic fatigue. I get open-world fatigue. I get all of that stuff, mm-hmm. and I think that's fair to have those reservations. But I'm really impressed with just. It feels like there's a clear vision for this game, and I like that. I've heard the story is gets pretty discombobulated. That it's not like as strong as it could be, and. Well, that's bad and like a criticism to bring up if it's true. I mean, you can tell me, Huber. But I like I almost don't care. Like being in the world yeah. is enough for me and that part is done well enough that like I, I'm still going to enjoy this game regardless. Some things pay off better than others. Mm-hmm. Some parts of the story I like more than others. Obviously there's some weak parts to it. But at the end of the day, I like the freakers. And I like the characters. Yeah. And to me, that's that's I think it makes it all. Better. I think Deacon being a good character yeah. like really helps. Yeah. Because you you want to root for Deacon. Totally. And Boozer. And Boozman. Yeah. Boozman. Booze man. <laughs> What's going on, D? I think uh like Horizon Zero Dawn, I definitely want to see a sequel to this on next gen hardware. Oh like, yeah. What could they accomplish? Oh, yeah. How crazy yeah. could they get? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's really solid. And I, I encourage people who were maybe discouraged by reviews or mm-hmm. unsure to give it a look. Give sure. it a look. Especially maybe if it goes on sale. If that's, Oh, yeah. That Black but, Friday sale. Wait oh, yeah. a few more months. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because that's value. That's value. The game is so long. Yeah. 
Maybe a criticism. Yeah, Maybe Brad, was, Brad was saying that it's a little too long. Too long. Yeah. Slightly too long. Yeah. Because for like the story moments, there's definitely highs and lows. Definitely. So I guess that's a question. With you having finished it and Brad, you being pretty far, a concern that I would have is I'm, I'm really into the flow of things right now. I'm really into the choices that I have. Mm-hmm. I like the different kinds of things that I'm doing. Is it, does it get to a point pretty quickly where it's like I'm just doing the same small handful of things over and over and over again? It got to a point where I was kind of ignoring, like, bounties for a little bit, where I was like, okay, I'm going to take a little break. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, I guess that's fine, because I probably do that in almost any open-world game. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes clearing out the Ripper camps, I'm like, eh, I don't feel like doing that right now. Like, I always burn the uh, like the, the nests, because yeah. it's so good, so you can fast travel and stuff and unlock stuff. But I was never like, man, I really don't want to do this right now. Yeah. I don't think I ever hit that spot where I was yeah. like not having fun or anything. Yeah, and I think the main the main quests do a good job of like, you're not necessarily doing anything wildly different, right. but the fr- the narrative framing around every mission mm-hmm. I think does a good job new of character, like, like new characters get introduced, exactly. and you learn more about them, and that's interesting. Yeah, going out with different characters, yeah. it feels like you're doing different stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I, I think if the systems weren't in place, if I didn't have to worry about resources or ammunition or gas so much, I would already be sick of clearing this, but those things pulling on you in mm-hmm. different ways yeah. at different times helps a lot. Sure, too. yeah. Um, let's see. Brad. Yeah. I'm excited for you to talk about something that you're caught up with. Oh. You've been playing some Final Fantasy XIV, Hell man. yeah, baby. Shadowbringers is on the way, dude. So I was like, man, I got to catch up and catch be ready for when it comes out. Uh, when Stormblood came out, I beat the the base story of what there what the content there was available at the time. Yeah. Then years later, patches came out, or however long it's been. So it's fourteen Heavensward Stormblood. So yeah, okay. a Realm Reborn Heavensward Stormblood and Shadowbringers. Got it. So I was like, all right, man, it's time to get caught up, baby. So I can just <laughs> hop right in. So I was doing all that patch content. There's the gold saucer. I didn't mess around with too much before, but this time, so let me say why they added the Final Fantasy 15 event in it. So sick. So you could get, there's like a quest line that like takes like, it's like an hour or two. It's just cool. Like with Noctis being in the world, helping Noctis fix his car, pretty much. It's the whole <laughs> thing. You fight some of the enemies from 14. You fight a boss with Noctis. You get Warp Strike, Huber. Yeah, You're Warp Striking with Noctis. Dude. Does in it feel 14? awesome? Yes. I didn't know you Warp Strike. You get Warp Strike in like, a, there's like a uh, encounter where you Warp Strike. Just the encounter? It's not. Can you like no? It's have just it for on like a toolbar? boss fight. It's okay, for a boss okay. fight. Brad, that's cool. pretty. Yeah, hype, it's pretty man. sick, dude. But then after all that, you unlock the ability to uh, to get his outfit, nice. get his hair, and you could get the car, the regalia for his mount, for a mount. Do you see Prompto Ignis? No, Gladio it's just Noctis. He's like in Eorzea. He came in here somewhere and he's trying to get back, pretty much. Could you Does get- he drive his car through a portal? Yes. That's hilarious. <laughs> yes. That's hilarious. It's very funny. Could you get uh, Lightning's outfit a while back? Uh, yes, yes, you could. So you could have Lightning and Noctis rolling Correct. around together I mean, now. you could get... There's like rewards if you're <laughs> sub for a certain amount of time. There's like Cloud's Avent Children outfit. There's Squall's That's outfit. The there's Zidane's outfit. You know better than anybody. Dreams come true. Yeah, there's Zidane's <laughs> outfit. There's like, I think there's Tidus Wait, and there's Yuna. Zidane's outfit? Yes, there is. I didn't is. realize there was Zidane's outfit in the game. And I think there's Yuna's also. But uh, yeah. Yuna's uh, Summoner, summoner or from like 10. Yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure they're in there. Uh, but yeah, they always throw in like cool little things like that. So... But to get, like, a lot of Noctis' stuff, like his clothes and his hair and his car, you had to get the gold saucer currency, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So this time I really, 
I delved into Gold Saucer. I love Gold Saucer and Final Fantasy VII. I was like, all right, dude, it's really time for me to step in and do everything Gold Saucer has has to offer. Not a great time, dude. What sort of stuff were you so, doing to, to grind out that currency? Immediately, uh, there's definitely better methods to doing it, uh, but one thing I just like doing for fun in Gold Saucer was uh, Triple Triad Ben. Playing Triple Triad, yeah. uh, unlocking new cards. Like, I got a Noctis card from... Mm. And it's just awesome having a Noctis card. How there. powerful is the Noctis? It's card? pretty good. There's a you can buy a cloud card, mm-hmm. and it's so much, dude. As it should be though, it's like a million. Is it like Cloud FF Seven, Cloud Advent Children? I think it's seven. Okay, I think it is. But yeah, you can get that. There's just like a bunch of cool little events, and then there's something like uh, every twenty minutes, there's like a community event that people can do. There's like one that's a platforming thing where you're just in a big area with pe- everyone like platforming, like jump puzzles kind that's of stuff like fun. that. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, there's one where you're like riding an airplane. It's almost like the the roller coaster. I, I would say it's the equivalent of that from Seven. Mm-hmm. But you're just like in a plane shooting targets, stuff like that. Just really goofy stuff. There's like when you're in the middle, you're just trying to dodge AOEs and not get hit out. There's also a fashion report every week where you like get a task to uh, equip certain items that match up with a theme. And you get a reward based on that. <laughs> yeah. It's jolly. Yeah, it's really jolly. <laughs> if you wear Lightning's outfit, you should win. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. Victory. Yeah. Insta win. Like, <laughs> there's just like goofy, there's like chocobo racing there. I haven't really mm. messed around with that too much yet, though. And there's like stables there. Uh, so with this with this Noctis event, how long did it take you to kind of see the, the oh, story? Oh, to do the event? Yeah. It was like hour and a half. Sure. It was really short. Nice. Cool. But it was just like, it didn't need to be longer, I felt like. Um, man, Final Fantasy XIV has had so many cool things. Like yeah. the way that they've expanded just the game itself and then all these collaboration events. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Um, oh, I had the pleasure of like doing a lot of this with Master Damiani, yeah. like the master of this yeah. game. So I always felt really chilled doing everything with Damiani. He took me through like a series of boss fights that were based off Final Fantasy VI, Ben. Nice. So one of the boss fights, the first boss fight I did with him was Phantom Train. And how they implement these boss fights is so cool. Like you're on, like you're on the train, dude. Yeah. And like the, the train head is like fi- facing you, and you're fighting it. The ghosts come out from like six, like that. So cool. You go like different parts of the train. There's a fight with the painting boss fight from six. There's like a Magitek boss fight, and the last fight is with Kefka, actually. So you actually fight Kefka. How's the laugh? It's he does the wah, 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 yeah wah, like that. Actually, yeah, he does that okay. actually. It's great, and I got like a little Kefka minion after it that he's like nice. with me, and he like laughs and stuff. It's That's so cool. Amazing. Like if you're a Final Fantasy fan, there's so much to love about this game. Brad, yeah, the way they implemented the Monster Hunter fight, it yeah, was just I haven't so, done that yet. So authentic. Yeah, I still need to do it yeah. too. It's still there, man. It's. Every time either you or Damiani or, like, somebody in the community talks about, like, hey, here's this cool thing that Final Fantasy XIV is mm-hmm. doing, it's like, I, I want to do it. I really do. I want to do it's it just, so bad. It's, it's, it's a time sink. Yeah, it gets a little it's overwhelming a because I was, like, you're talking about this cool Final Fantasy XV event. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know about the Final Fantasy VI stuff. And so it's getting to the point where it's, like, there's so much awesome stuff mm-hmm. and then Shadowbringers is right around the corner and it's just like, ah. Yeah. It's a little bit... It makes me a little anxious. Sure, yeah. uh, Doing the full dive back in, but like anything, you get used to it. I'm yeah, sure. it's so hard to like relearn your yeah. your, your, your rotation. The first step dude. is the hardest, man. Yeah, relearn. That's definitely the hardest. Like I was lucky because I have Damiani and I've been playing with Kristen and like other people. Yeah, 
in the community, so it's really fun playing with people. Yeah. And, like, anytime I'm with Damiani, he just tells me what to do, where to go, like, how to do this. He's like, hey, let's do this. This is cool. <laughs> There's, like, an Ivalice raid I haven't even done Whoa. yet. They're going to add the near one. The near raid, man. Like, there's so much cool stuff in this game. Did Geralt show up in 14? Not yet. Okay. I would be so Geralt hard. showed up in Monster Hunter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brad, it's cool. Like, Damiani, Damiani is like a, a devout yes. Final Fantasy yeah. 14 player. And so you have, you have like different tiers of players. You have the, the hardest of the hardcore. Um, and then you have, you have people like you who are interested, but not playing it all the time. Right. Not, not year-round. And it's cool for a game like this, Final Fantasy XIV Realm Reborn, which has been out for years now, mm-hmm. that it's it sounds like it's not just as exciting as it's always been, or that it's maintained, or that it's like good every once in a while, but that like in some ways it's better than ever. I would say because the fourteen has a good story. Yeah. So I would say the story like kind of gets better as it goes throughout expansion. Right. I'm motivated to keep going, so I want to see what happens. Like right. I know these characters now. I've been through so long, so it's. It's really fun playing an MMO that has a really solid, like, single-player story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just... I think it's exciting that that people are as enthused for this game that's been going on for so yeah. long as they are. I think yeah. that is really, really cool. I think Square Enix has put in a tremendous amount of work. Yeah. This team has put in a tremendous amount of work. Yeah. Um, and they... Yeah, they deserve to be credited. But, Brad, uh, you're getting me excited with all this stuff. Is there anything else that you did either with Damiani or just kind of on your own with Final Fantasy XIV that you'd like to bring up? Hmm. I don't know. What's your best pet? My best pet? It's Kefka now. Kefka, yeah. I had like a cool red mage I really liked. Yeah. I think I have the red mage. Yeah. Uh, Cool mounts though. Got the regalia. Yeah. Like, that's gotta just get that, badass. Gotta get that Has that cool uh, like uh, animation of like taking off, like turning yeah. into the airship. And you got the cloud bike, right? Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. They got me, dude. Yep. I had to. Do, I pulled no, a humor moment, dude. And I was like, <laughs> all right, dude. That bike was, was like, made well, for you. Yeah. It's like you're how, like you're doing me dirty. I yeah. have to get this. Yeah. So they got me. Uh, we all love Final Fantasy and mm-hmm. Warcraft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like. A passive observer now when I play World of Warcraft uh, in relation to the story. Mm-hmm. You know, I, mm-hmm. I I never feel like I'm really part of the story anymore in WoW. It's it's more like I'm going through the motions and I'm just kind of watching it from a distance. Yeah. Do you feel the same way, Brad? Like, you brought up the story in, in 14. Yeah, in 14 so you're, like, actually involved in everything. Yeah. Like, you're, you're, like, a part of the story yeah. like that. But, yeah, WoW, you're kind of... More, you're just kind of there. I feel like, like mm-hmm. you're just kind of a, a normal soldier. I feel like in WoW, mm-hmm. or it seems like, of course, like WoW got better as time went on. But I feel like in fourteen, it's much more focused on giving you a single player, even though it's an MMO like experience, though too. Nice, cool. I think the the slow way they develop the storyline and a lot of the characters and the way that it builds yeah. up is what part of what makes it so investing mm-hmm. in fourteen. Nice. Yeah, um, that's hype. I think this is the best time to do this. We've been talking about cloud. Everybody's excited for the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Hell yeah. And in fact, the demons of the Frame Trap Realm are excited about the Final Fantasy VII Remake. <laughs> and so they've come up with a game for us called Cloud Everywhere. <laughs> Outside of Final Fantasy VII, based on my quick internet research, Cloud has been in 36 other games. <laughs> <laughs> or, or what I should say, not, not necessarily Cloud himself, but some representation Notation. of Cloud, like his clothes or yeah. something like that. And so I've come up with a list of <laughs> games, and you need to tell me if Cloud is in them. Say either yes or okay. no. Whoever is the first to even get it right. Even if it's just like his outfit or something? Yes, okay. even if it's just his cool. outfit. So the, the, the question isn't really is Cloud in this. It is, is Cloud represented so, gotcha. in this? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so the first person to say yes or no, the first person to get it right will get a point. Uh, the person with the most points at the end wins. Woo! Cloud, Brad, no pressure. Yeah, yeah I do think Brad has, has an advantage, <laughs> but that's all right. All right, the first game, Final Fantasy Tactics. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Brad, coming out swinging. Final Fantasy Eleven. No. No. Brad's just beating you by a little bit. Yeah. You're getting them right. It's You're okay. Right. It's okay. All right, next one. Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, My Life is King. No. No. Yeah, Huber. On that one. My Life is King. My Life is King. That'd be sick of you, isn't it? World of Final Fantasy. Yes. Damn. Sure, yeah, I'll say yeah. Yeah, you're both right. Last one. Urgai's God Bless yes. the Right. Yeah. What is that? It's the fighting, fighting game. game on PS1. Tifa's oh, in it too, okay. and Sephiroth. <laughs> cool. Is Aerith in that too? I can't remember. I don't think Aerith's in it. Okay. Yeah. I know those three were in it though. <laughs> they had a demo for Urgai's in a Target. Yeah. Dude, cool. demos at Target. Yeah. I am ready to punch it's Sephiroth in the face as Tifa. As Tifa. Yeah. It's going to be sick. Oh, my God. Brad, right in the kisser. You uh, you <laughs> dominated that, that very quick, lightning-fast, caught-in-a-frame trap. And you have the, the privilege of breaking us oh, out. But okay. before we get there, we do have to read about our wonderful sponsors. Ooh, excellent. Or talk about our wonderful sponsors. Really quick, the first sponsor is Greg the Dark Knight Kettering. Thank you for your continued support, Greg. Next, we have uh, Zotag with a very timely message. Do you play Final Fantasy XIV? Are you on the Crystal Data Center? Search at Zotig on Twitter for a link to an EZA Crystal Discord server. Thank you, Zotig, and search him up if you want to play Final Fantasy XIV. Next, we have JoJo's Dentco. Thank you, JoJo's Dentco. Next, we have Accounts Payable. And Huber, since you lost the game, I'm actually going to give this to you. Cool. Uh, Accounts Payable always gives us a free shout-out. What would you like to shout-out? Shout-out? can be anything. Shout out to Predator. <laughs> Good shout out. shout out. Good shout out. <laughs> Next we have Gift of Heaven. Gift of Heaven is a free 3DS RPG which strives to be as funny as Earthbound, efficient as Chrono Trigger, and epic as Final Fantasy VI. Gift of Heaven quadruples every data limit of RPG Maker FES using passwords to unite four game files as one bold explosion. OM Hawkstelter is cooking the rip-roaring, full-blast, Tolkien-Potter-Gump-Combo-Meal you deserve to eat. And them Hawkstelters don't skip on the shrimp. Gift of Heaven's 43-minute promotional short film, Symphonia Anathema, is now available on the official Gift of Heaven YouTube channel. Download the prologue August 7th via the RPG Maker FES 3DS app. Currently at 503 hours of development time, and the prologue is 85% finished. Thank you, Gift of Heaven. Uh, last but certainly not least for our regular sponsors, we have Blue. Oh. Blue. And now it is time for a brand new... To, well, you've heard about him on the Easy Allies podcast, but first time on Frame Trap, our mega sponsor, <laughs> Heroic Replicas. The fine folks at Heroic Replicas design and fabricate true-to-form high-quality replicas and props from legendary gear to keepsakes or all metal creations. Heroic Replicas can make something special for you. Through the month of May, Heroic Replicas is auctioning off four unique items, one each week, with proceeds going directly to fund future months of sponsorship for the Easy Allies. The first item up for auction, how cool is this, is a custom Dark Link Master Sword Ooh. from The Legend of Zelda. It features a tempered high carbon blade, a rough bronze hilt with a black onyx finish, and cast pewter accents. Bidding 
Uh, starts at a dollar, and the auction ends Tuesday night, May 14th. But at the time you're probably hearing this, there's another auction coming up. The second item will be the Mermaid's Pendant. The Mermaid's Pendant features a brilliant blue seashell with a sterling silver chain. In Stardew Valley, you may give this to the person you want to marry. In real life, it works about the same. <laughs> uh, Biddings also starts at, our, uh, at a dollar. There are three of these available, um, and the auctions for the Mermaid's Pendant end on Tuesday May 21st. If you want to help support Heroic Replicas and Easy Allies, follow and retweet at Heroic Replicas on Twitter. Do you think Heroic Replicas has a Kirkhammer? I mean, after they hear this, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Picking that up, dude. <laughs> You're going to get a hit Kirkhammer at some point. It's going to happen. <laughs> Miyazaki's going to fly in here and... It's the uh, best. Brad, yeah. <laughs> rightfully so, canonically, you, you have defeated the cloud-centric cotton frame trap. How would you like to get us out of here? I'm going to use a, a, a nice little callback to our playthrough, Ben, okay. that we did at Game Trailers of Final Fantasy VII the first time we did it. A little spell called Bolt. Oh, God. <laughs> had the pleasure of bolting yourself that apart. It was a mistake. <laughs> we it was were, just a simple mistake. It was very far <laughs> into the playthrough. It was like seven-something hours, and we were very tired. I think tired. he was fighting Rufus? R- yes, you were yeah. fighting Rufus. Yeah. So, should we give him a little bolt? Yep. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, Huber, yeah. I just like I accidentally target. Yeah, okay. I remember. Everyone knows. I wasn't there, but I saw it. Yeah. Yep. Classic. <laughs> yeah. I still get tweets about that. They're like, hey, you remember when you bolted yourself? <laughs> yes. I, I remember. I was there. The, awesome. the The worst part was when Kyle turned off the stream and we just got on me slash. We would... <laughs> Remember when he cut I the stream? I don't remember when, that. When we got it and we did it, he ended the stream. So <laughs> you and me were like, yeah, dude, freaking out. And he ended the stream. He just trolled everyone so hard. Cool, Kyle. Trolls you on Army Slash. Hubert, I've been wanting to kind of have a deep dive with this game with you for a while now. We've talked about it, <clears throat> but we haven't talked about it on Frame Trap. I finished Batman Arkham Knight. Ooh. Uh, it's a game that you've been praising for a long time. Yes. And, man, it's really good. Yeah. It's really good. It's a game that uh, when yeah. it came out in 2015, I started it, and then I went back to it. And the Batmobile stuff, like, it was fine, but I, I didn't I didn't love the Batmobile combat. I still mm-hmm. don't love the Batmobile combat. It's not my There's favorite part of the game. Just a little too much. Just yeah. a, a little bit. There's a little too much. Um <laughs> But there is so much good in that game. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, yeah, there are things to harp on. There are things I don't like. But it was so much fun playing it. It's awesome. Um, and experiencing it together. And I think the first thing that I want to talk about is just the combat, man. Yes. Uh, you, you, you constantly talk about how good the Batman Arkham combat is. And I think in Arkham Knight, it is really fantastic. Yeah. Um, every situation you're approaching, you just get into this rhythm where... They're slowly giving you new mechanics to, to build off of. They're giving you new enemies. They're giving you new, like, mixtures of enemies. This, like, the big guys, for instance. Yeah. Um, these big guys you have to stun and then beat really beat a lot, and then uh, you'll take them down. But when they throw, like, three of them at you in a group where there are also electrical <laughs> enemies, where there are also yeah. bladed enemies, yeah. uh, you really have to... Like, use the environment to your advantage if you can. You have to use your gadgets uh, to try to distract them, to try to create space for yourself. And it's just really satisfying. I, I think there's, like, a fundamental 
simplicity to it. Um, but the way that it builds over time is really, really cool. Yeah, nothing better than, like, my, my favorite thing to do is, like, the one versus hundred, like, challenge mm-hmm. mode, you know, where it's just like, okay, throw as many dudes at me as possible. Yeah. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Like, two of my favorite moves to pull off in video games is from the Arkham quadrilogy, the knife, I'll say, the knife is disarm? the blade dodge takedown, like, getting that and, like, cracking their arm, uh, and getting a gun and t- dismantling it. Yeah. Just so satisfying every time. And it's cool because like in, when you're going through the the main story, uh you don't have to do the fights perfectly. You can just kind of get through them, but like the Azrael stuff where it's like, okay, you're going to have to face this group of enemies and you mm-hmm. cannot get hit and I love yeah. just pushing for yeah. you getting better and just trying and trying until you finally get it and you're like oh man i've really reached a new level with yeah. this combat which is cool definitely um and the fear multi takedown yeah. is so good and so satisfying <laughs> and i was immediately dumping skill points in to get more people to, to take them more down at once yeah. um and at first when i initially got it i even said to you i was like man this feels like too broken yeah um but they really balance it out later on in the game uh, because they just give you more and more guys, yeah, and you have to earn it by like sneaking up on them and like finding the right approach. But also, once you use it, that's it until you make the effort to go and do more silent takedowns. Yeah. And I love that trade off where it's like, okay, I do this big fear takedown thing. Uh, there are a bunch of guys, and for those of you who aren't familiar, it's like if there are five guys grouped up together, if you have the right skills and you do it correctly, you can take them all down very, very quickly. But if there's 15 guys, there's still 10 of them you have to deal with. It's not like you can keep doing the fear takedown over and over, which is cool. Like, I I, I feel like there's two ways to really analyze Arkham Knight, and that's on its own and then part of the trilogy. And I feel like... If you go from Asylum all the way through City tonight, there is a constant, constant escalation. Yes. And I love that. It's like you keep getting stronger and they contextualize that with like, now you have new upgrades to your suit, like Arkham Knight. You have this like carbon fiber, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. You're faster, stronger. And it's like, well, your enemies are getting stronger too. Yeah. You're fighting the Arkham Knight and he like has you figured out. It's like you go from, you know, just Arkham crazies to Arkham City has like those guards which are pretty intense all the way to Knight and his crew and it's just yeah, this steady escalation and like Arkham Knight does that perfect job of just Batman's on edge yes. right from the get go when he has the 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 Batmobile like running over the guy's face. He's like, "Not tonight!" Yeah. <laughs> like you are not that, that with me scene, tonight. Yeah, so he puts this like <laughs> lackey underneath the Batmobile, and you get to rev up the tire like right on top of his face. It's yeah. pretty intense. Yeah, it's pretty badass. I love it, I think Batman. Yeah, I think Batman Arkham Knight does a pretty excellent job of showing the relationship Batman has to all the different people in his life and how that gets tested on a night like Arkham Knight Um, and really getting inside Batman's head. I felt like this was a very personal story and the way that it ended um, and the things Batman goes through to get there uh, felt pretty fantastic. I do think the Arkham Knight himself is not great. Um, The low point. Yeah. It's weird, man, because... I see what they were trying to go with the story that they're trying to tell. I can see where they're coming from 
with the Arkham Knight and why they tried to insert him the way that they did. But when I really think about it, it almost didn't need him. Yeah. It almost didn't no, need the Arkham didn't. Knight at all. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Like, I'm I'm so conflicted by it. You know, I just did a replay not too long ago. And I was like, okay, you know, fresh fresh perspective now. Going back. Like, let's – is the Arkham Knight as bad as I remember? And I'm like, yeah, just kind of – just kind of falls flat for me. Yeah. You know? Like, the reveal is like, oh. Yeah, well, even, oh, man. and it's the, and it's and it's the like, reveal on who it is is it's like by the time you get there, yeah, they they hint at it and then they like basically show you directly and there's like just so many layers to it where it's like yeah I I know who it is yeah and, and that's what I was hoping for is like my replay it's like well I know who it is now yeah. so I don't need to be like who is it you mm-hmm. know it, I think I know who it is but is it so it's like with all that baggage gone it's like okay I, I can I can look at it without that and it was still just kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of speaking about the relationships, I really appreciate how much they incorporate other people. Yeah. Uh, depending on what mission you're doing, you'll get to interact with other characters and just like doing dual takedowns with them, switching between them. It's just super exciting and fun. And they don't do it too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just it's spaced out enough that it's it's pretty exciting and cool every I, time. I love that Nightwing is the one tracking Penguin. Mm-hmm. He's always keeping tabs on Penguin and you can like meet up with Nightwing when you do some Penguin yes. missions. That yes. stuff's yeah, so good. Cool. And the, like the way that he pokes it at Batman is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh yeah. Dick, yeah. He'll poke. Yeah. He'll poke. He'll poke. <laughs> He'll poke. <laughs> He'll poke. He'll poke. He'll poke. Dude, the... Nightwing, bro? You don't mess with me, Bruce. Yeah, don't mess with Grayson, dude. He's I was talking it. about the <laughs> car combat and how that wasn't my favorite. Um, but the Riddler stuff with the car is some of my favorite stuff in the entire game, and I yeah. think it's really uh, creative. And so in all of the Arkham games, you have these Riddler puzzles that you have to solve, and you have those here as well, but a lot of the ones in his kind of main side mission are you using the car for puzzles, and I found them really creative. I found them fun to solve. I didn't find them yep. overly convoluted, and those races are so much fun. So fun. The the last race that you do for the Riddler yeah. uh, is maybe the most intense thing that I did in the entire game, yep. and uh, to kind of give context for the audience, you're racing in the Batmobile, and you have control over a lot of the platforms. Some of them, the Riddler controls, and so you're going, you're like, okay, I need to lift this thing up, and then put this thing down, and then create this ramp, and so it's you're solving a puzzle and racing at the same time and yeah. fusing those two, two together is really and satisfying. And every lap is faster, yeah. Batman! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my yes. god! Yeah, very, very good. So how many times did you accidentally press the button, like, too soon or too late? You're like, oh ah! yeah! That was that was definitely something that Crashing. happened with, like, the speed that you're going, there'd be times where I'd yeah. hit the button and be like, oh, I'm certainly clear of this platform above me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that happened several times. So sure. awesome. What was your favorite uh, villain storyline? Or My which did you have the most fun villain doing? Storyline. Um, there were a lot of them I really liked. the The thing about the villain storylines that was hard for me is sometimes like the the part where you're finding out information to get to the next kind of big chunk wasn't that satisfying. There was a lot of like, okay, it's somewhere out in the world, go find it, and then kind of like the penguin is a good example mm-hmm. where like actually teaming up with Nightwing and doing those battles was yeah. awesome. But I pretty quickly got sick of like, okay, go find the car, tag the car, follow the car. Like Trace it just it. didn't, mm-hmm. yeah, that sort of thing uh, wasn't that fun. Yeah. Just maybe a f- again, like just a few too many things here and there. So like a few too many of those. Cause the yeah. idea, like I remember yeah. the idea of being perched on a building and hearing these thugs like, 
just talking about like Penguin and the bat and yeah. like, you know, just like living that Batman fantasy like comes to life so much in Arkham Knight. Not including the DLC, I think like in the core game, my favorite storylines were probably the pig Professor was pig. really good. Yes. Um, pig, who else? I'm blanking on somebody. Pig Riddler. Riddler. Riddler's definitely up there. Riddler for sure. Uh, and one more. Oh, Azrael. So those Azrael. three are kind of the nice. first, uh, are probably my favorite. I enjoyed all of them to some extent. I didn't mm. do every Riddler puzzle in the game, but mm. I... I Went as far as I could until yeah. he was like, hey, go solve, go get everything, everything in yeah. the city. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you do like 60% or something, and then yeah. there's nothing until you 100%. Right. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I haven't played this since it came out. Yeah. Uh, Scarecrow's heavily featured in this oh, one, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's my favorite the, villain, so I remember like, yep. that was highlights for They me. use him a little bit differently than they have in past Arkham games, but he's really fun. They yeah. saved him up because he wasn't in some of them. He wasn't in two. Yeah, that's yep. right. Was you, he in Origins? He's not in Origins as well. Okay, just so Asylum. Yeah, and Night. He's okay. not yeah. in City. No, man. Nope. No. You uh, there's you like can, the 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 traces. Of yeah, him. you can find his boat. He okay. has like a little boat out there, yeah. and he, there's like I, some rats and so stuff. I, and, I played through City. And I felt like yeah. I remembered him in City, but I must yeah. be misremembering. Oh, uh, he's great in Arkham though. Arkham Asylum. Yeah. And then yeah. what is that? Asylum or City? There's like a. I think Asylum, like the hand comes up, but that's it the changes. end of Asylum. Okay, it changes. It's yeah, either Croc it could be like Croc or, or Scarecrow. I don't know which canon, um, which one's canon. So I haven't done. It's the Infamy DLC. I haven't done all of those yet. Yeah, um, still want to do those, and then like the the Batgirl and Harley Quinn and all those storylines. Yeah, um, but I did do the Mad Hatter one. It was pretty simple. So great. And Brad, you I haven't. Will, I know I haven't done any of the it's DLC. It's really short. It's really really short. Oh my god, the <laughs> so Mad Hatter one. Here's is, the thing that I only think of you. That kind of sucks <laughs> about the Mad Hatter stuff is. He's put all these hostages in the back of cop cars throughout the city, and you have to go and you have to find them. And that part, like, really isn't that much fun because you go and you find the person, and then you have to do this word game where you rotate the analog sticks to create this word. And it's just not that fun, and you do it a handful of times. But the ending yes. and, and your, your kind of final showdown is so good. And this yeah. happens a lot, I feel like, in Arkham Knight, <laughs> where it's, it's just really cool and clever, and it's short. But it made up for the rest of mm -hmm. it. And yeah. I, I pretty much felt that way with a lot of the storylines. Yeah. Um, like, there are a ton of firefighters to find, so I went and I found all the firefighters. Um, but that worked because just being Predator Batman and getting in combat was so much fun. Like, yeah. I didn't think that storyline was that cool mm -hmm. or that engaging for most of it. The end has some kind of neat revelations, but yeah. uh, just engaging with the core of the... The combat was really cool. So good. Yeah, it is really good. I cannot wait to spoil the 100% ending to you. <laughs> when can I do it? Not on here, but when can I tell you the yeah. end? Well, see, it's something that I'm, <laughs> I'm playing with my girlfriend, and yeah. it, it just kind of depends on like her interest in the game. <laughs> okay, that, let me know. That determines like, how far we go, and she's still into it, so cool. I want to keep playing Batman. I'm itching. I, do, I really <laughs> don't want to find all that Riddler stuff. Yeah. I don't. like. I want to do the villain storylines. That yeah. stuff is exciting to me, but the riddle's not so okay. much. So we'll see. We'll let see if we, we get there. But yeah, I'll let you know. <laughs> I can't I'll wait. You know. I'll let you know. <laughs> cannot wait. I'll let you know. Okay. Um... <laughs> Rocksteady, like please one be thing, an E3. One more thing I wanted to say. Oh, the performances. Like, obviously, Kevin Conroy is Batman, untouchable. Mm -hmm. uh, Mark Hamill is Joker, untouchable. Untouchable. But the guy, I, I'm blanking on his name from Breaking Bad, who plays Gordon. Mike Herman Trout. Yes. It's, uh, his real name is... Uh, um, 
Jonathan Banks. Sorry. Jonathan Banks. It's okay. It all, the only reason I'm bringing it up is because I thought he did a wonderful yeah, Jim Gordon. Totally. Um, there are some scenes that really rely on him, and mm-hmm. he does a great job. Is that... Do you bring people back to the station in this one? Yeah, I remember. It's one yeah. of the best. Okay. The best. Okay. Yeah, that so was cool. Villains you, up. Yes, 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 yes. So oh. as you're bringing in villains uh, to the GCPD, you have this like awkward drive back where it's like, okay, I solved your plan, but it is. It's a collection, and so you keep coming back to GCPD, and it's a really cool visual way to mark your progress through the game because they're just all in a cell together, mm-hmm. and like as you're bringing them in, they'll be like, oh, hey, welcome back, Bing. One of these are boss. Yeah, it's, it's so cool. Good. Um, Rocksteady really nails the details in yeah, their game. Yeah, the details. Um, and I just want more. I want more. It was yeah. really cool to <laughs> like finally be in Gotham City to like proper, proper yeah. after so long. Yep. Totally. Wayne Tower and all that. Dude, oh so Oh my hype. god, the Wayne freaking Tower storyline yeah. is so mm-hmm. good. And just being up there, yeah, Brad. And just again, like that's why I think I, I like love... Like even the even the the stuff that kind of repeats itself, like those penguin missions. It's just like being on a in a yeah. back alley, like, well, it's like just one street lamp. Never like, has like Batman done like a game done that so yeah. well. Yeah. Um, final criticism. I, we we kind of touched on it because I think we know what we're talking about, but just to be clear to the audience, so like you can just finish the the main story of the game. And then there's something that happens, and it's like, hey, go check these other things off. And then when you do this. We'll, we'll unlock the next part of the story. And so I did it. I was like, okay, I'm going to do all this side stuff to get there. And I was really annoyed because it's like, okay, now you did all that stuff. Now 100% the game. And it's yeah. like, what? Like, that's... Oh. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> come on, man. Because it's like... I can't... I don't want to get into it without spoilers. Yeah. But, like, they they kind of justify it. You know? Like, like, think about this. Yeah. Would... Batman call it a night before every criminal was behind bars. No, and I think that's like fair. would he leave Riddler out there? No way. Right. I'm I'm with you on that. <laughs> and they do say that in the storyline where they're like, "Hey, Batman uh, wants to take care of these people." Yeah. It's just with the Riddler stuff specifically. Yeah. You're going through Riddler's storyline, and he you're you're uh, you're like fighting him, yep. and he literally disappears into a floor <laughs> yeah. and goes. Go get all my collectibles. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, okay, I'm all for context, but yeah. this feels a little forced. Yeah. For sure. yeah. He's just like, ha I'm going to pop back <laughs> out once you've collected all of my little trinkets, which on some level is kind of a Riddler thing. Totally. He's testing your resolve. Yeah. I think it could have maybe been handled a little <laughs> bit more smoothly. Yeah. For sure. But yeah. I, the anyway. payoff is worth it. Yeah. I assure you. Yeah. Man, we'll we'll see. We'll I see. miss Batman. <sighs> Anyway, the ultimate point here, I think that really the only thing that matters is I've really enjoyed my time with the game. I'm so, and I'm so glad that, like, it's never too late, man. Yeah, Years it's never later. too late. Yeah. It's never too and, late to play a game. And what's great is, like, I feel like all the, the, the controversy was, was maybe not, like, not on the forefront because here you are years later just playing it. I don't even it. remember the controversy. The just Batmobile. the Batmobile stuff, you know, and all that. That's what and, I remember. Yeah. Everyone just being so mad about the Batmobile, and now you got to just kind of play it maybe with with a little less noise. You yeah, know? <laughs> I you know Huber, I think maybe the noise is like what contributed to the initial start and stop, mm-hmm. and that's the thing, man. Like, you don't have to play everything immediately. Mm-hmm. You don't have to play everything the way everybody else is. Like, sometimes 
it's nice to just give a game a little bit of space, mm-hmm. let it breathe, get away from whatever shitty internet hot takes are happening, <laughs> yeah. and go and play it and enjoy it on your own terms. Yes. Yeah, it's man. the best. Like, yes. it's awesome being able to talk about Batman Arkham Knight. I don't care yeah. if it's the hot yeah. thing. Yeah. It's a good game. It's so good. It's a good game. The Arkham Trilogy, man. Perfection and origins. I know I, yeah, we always so, we always say Arkham Trilogy because it's rock steady, mm-hmm. but man, origins. Now I've played through Asylum, <laughs> City, um, and Knights. Mm-hmm. I have not played Origins, oh, and I'd like yeah. to play Origins. I'd like so to go back. How much to they put in the collection, man, or like the remaster? <laughs> so it's not in the PS4 it's, collection. No. no, no, there's no remaster of Origins. Yeah. It's very frustrating. Yeah. I have a PS3 copy. If you want to borrow that. Um, I played through the the DLC for the first time ever on stream uh, during Christmas. It was Christmas themed DLC, nice, nice. and that was fun. Well, the game's Christmas like time, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. So good. Shock so gloves. Solid. OP. Uh, <laughs> the OP. Shock, yeah. OP. Yeah. Take the shock gloves Easy out. Carry. That <laughs> death strike, death stroke fight. boss fight though. Oh, hardest boss fight in all Arkham. Hmm. Straight up gives me so many so much trouble. That is tough. The way they eventually implement him in night is pretty cool i forgot about it i forgot it's about pretty it cool. that it's pretty is cool. so <laughs> cool oh my gosh yeah. oh what are they working on ben before we move on what are they working on throw it out there shenmue 3 <laughs> <laughs> the they're working up on mc7 they're helping blade dodge takedown yeah. yep <laughs> dude that'd be cool um <laughs> I don't know if you feel this way, Huber, but uh, the next game that we're going to talk about is kind of like Days Gone for me, where like I'm like, wow, like <laughs> this is good. Yeah. This is really good. Yeah. And that's World War Z. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, and what I mean is I feel like the game accomplished exactly what it set out to do, which is shooting zombies in a multiplayer with setting with your friends. Yeah. And you can just joke around and have fun. And for those of you who are not familiar with this World War Z game, but it's very popular, so probably most of you yeah. are, it's basically Left 4 Dead. It's third it person, is third left, person for dead. left 4 Dead. Yes. Yeah. Um, that is not trying to be reductive. That, it, that it just is what it is. Yep. There are mm-hmm. differences. There are changes. Um, but it makes you realize how much you lift, miss goddamn Left 4 Dead. I know. I know. It, is, it is filling an important void. It really is. And I think that's why it sold so well. And it's like, hey... It's 40 bucks. I mean, I mean, Turtle Rock is making uh, Back for Blood or, or yeah. Back for Blood, it's called, right? Yeah, something like that. Um, that so we don't know very much about. We don't about. really know much about that, but it's like there is a desire for these types of games. Yeah, yeah like Vermintide, uh, kind of like that. I mean, it's first person, it's way different, but mm-hmm. same kind of vibe, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I love it. Um, you know, some modern stuff in there, you know, as, as time has gone on, mm-hmm. we've we've leaned more into RPG progression. Yes. Uh, which is way more enemies on screen, which too. is 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 a good thing, I think, for this sure. game. Yeah. Right, and so just to break that down a little so bit to to describe it is you have different classes that you can pick, and then as you level up in that class, you'll get skills, and you'll have different like tiers of skills. You can pick one skill within that tier, and then as you use weapons, you'll individually level up those weapons. Uh-huh. Um, but I think it gets a lot of the nuts and bolts right where like we were playing it and I had to worry about ammo just enough. Yeah. Or uh, like a lot of the like, hey, defend this scenes happened where they were just like I in these types of games when you're playing with your friends, it's important that you feel like you 
you kind of just barely get over it or yeah. just enough goes wrong to increase that tension. And I feel like a lot like Left 4 Dead, a special zombie would appear, yeah. like be hiding around the corner just the right time where we'd have to go save Jones or something. Yeah. Um, and so that was really cool. Um, you can easily melee with just the touch of a button. Um, There's the melee can... class too, which can just like- I haven't used the melee un- class. It's slasher. Mm. And they like don't get tired, so they keep the same That's cool. speed. Mm. Um, and that's something I did notice. I played on my own to kind of just finish up all the all the stages, and I cranked the difficulty up a little bit. And I noticed, like, wow, like some of like having kind of a, a variety of classes on your team actually matters when you turn the difficulties up. Because Ben, you're talking about running out of ammo. Yeah, there's a class that puts ammo down, and the medic. You know, when the medic revives you, and, and you get more health, and the stim pack. And it's like, I ran into a problem where I was like the exterminator, which is like explosives and shotguns, and then we had two other gunslingers. So a horde comes, and there was this overlap of grenade, grenade, C4, and we were just like wasting explosives, and we didn't really have like the tools kind of to, to make it through when we ended up wiping. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate it that it's like, oh, you actually kind of need to pay attention to this stuff. Right. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, the you kind of need to pay attention to this stuff is <laughs> is true in so many ways. Um, there there are turrets that are around, and it, when we were, we play this on the group streams, so if you want to get kind of are in the moment reactions yeah. to World War Z, that's a good way to to watch it. Uh, there were turrets around, and I think we did like one fight where we didn't use it at all, and then we did use it, and it made it so much easier. Yeah, and that that's exactly what you want. But there there's there's not infinite ammo in those things, yeah. and so you have to think about it a little bit. Um, and World War Z, at least from what I remember in the movie, is uh, very well known for its giant swarms of zombies. And I actually think they use that to a pretty decent degree here. Mm-hmm. Um, they construct scenes in a way where you're like kind of off to the side and you see this giant horde climbing up and you're just kind of helplessly shooting at it, trying to decrease it. Uh, and that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a decent looking game, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Uh, definitely got a little framey. I feel oh, like. it has a ton of problems. Yeah, a ton of problems and bugs here, bugs <laughs> ton there. Ton. Yeah, I don't want to say the end. Yeah, it's got it's got its fair share of problems like bugs and whatnot, and yeah. and it is a little light on content. Like, there's only so many levels. Like, you can get through every level in like under five hours. Pretty pretty easy breezy. Um, but you know so they've I- already said that they're gonna keep supporting it and add free stuff, another new level coming. and I get that, and I think that is totally valid, mm-hmm. but I also really appreciated when we were playing, like, none of the missions that we were doing felt too long. They, yeah. they But they also didn't feel too short. Mm-hmm. I felt pretty satisfied every time we got to the yeah, end of Yeah, it took something. you guys, like, an hour, probably, yeah. each yeah. thing. And that felt right. Yeah. It really did. Uh, I was watching you guys play... I This is what I noticed. There's, all, there's not a lot of specialty-type zombies a lot. Like, I... Saw you guys fight the bull guy like a yeah, hundred like, times. Yeah. There's the bull, the lurker, I think. And the is that the guy that just, I mean, <laughs> runs into you and just dies or whatever? The gas bag okay. ones do. They like Brad, I saw you play like a zombie would jump into you guys and it would just die. Yeah, like, they die really quickly. I do think that the special type of infected are like painfully generic. They like yeah. they're just straight up from Left 4 Dead mm-hmm. where you like you can make a Lef- Left 4 Dead comparison with every single one of them. Yeah. And yeah, I do think that's boring. There was a lot of times where it's like, oh, it's it's just another bull or oh, it's just another mm-hmm. hazmat guy. So I think more of them and then being a little bit more outlandish with it would have gone. Yeah, cuz I feel like in Left 4 Dead when like a tank showed up, it was like and that music. Yeah. 
It was like Dude, really serious when it would show up. Tanks. Yeah, I feel like a couple boss zombies could go a long way. Sure. Like that would Hopefully be... they'll add it or something. Yeah. I um, mean, Brett, we were talking about it on the stream, but we were just kind of talking about the, the creativity of the levels in Left 4 Dead 2, like that concert level mm-hmm. that you do. Um, Dude, the amusement yeah, park. Nothing park the going up the roller coaster. Yes. Yeah. Nothing oh. was quite on that level yeah, of excitement for me. But it's just probably like a solid... Yes. Feel, scratching that itch. Yes. Yeah. It's, it scratched the itch, for sure. Big time. I really like it. And it's crazy because, like, I think of Evolve... Yeah, you know, and it's like they're so, they are so different, but it's like I just I really like going through a level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, trying to get from point A to point B while monsters are just swarming you. Like that's exciting to me. I could really go for another evolve. I think I think Predator. I like, I think I liked <laughs> evolve more than a lot of people did, and that game uh, was had a lot of things that worked against it in a lot of ways, uh, mm-hmm. both with, like, the way that they monetized it and everything. But I really liked the core idea of Evolve, and I had a yeah. lot of fun with it. The monsters and were so cool. The monsters were so cool, and it just felt like a pretty inventive idea. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's kind of a shame that it's like, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. Like, I'd really yeah. love another earnest crack at it. I think yeah. there is something there that could be fleshed out uh, to a more significant degree. Totally. Did you play much Friday the 13th? No. I played a couple of matches, okay. and that was my extent of cool. Friday the 13th. Cool. I wouldn't... I, I feel like I need to play Friday the 13th with you. Yes. yes. Like, yes. that's... You have to put That's yes. the way that I need to experience that game, so yeah. if you're down, someday, yeah. you yeah. should do that. The lot... There's, like, a lawsuit, and they stopped oh. supporting it now, so... Damn. But they're, they moved on to Predator, so we'll see. It's hard making and sustaining games, man. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. Huber. Yes? You know what doesn't need sustained is your love of Shenmue. And you've been playing Shenmue too. I have been. For the uh, first time in uh, over probably a decade. No, solo. Played it. Oh, solo. solo. <laughs> you know, I went through... I went through I've gone These through, are my Shenmue qualifications. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone through... I went through Shenmue 1 a little while ago, you know, when it came out. Uh, and now 2, just kind of on my own, you know, just... Yeah. No stream, you know, just full undivided attention at my own pace. And the way that you're talking about Shenmue 2, it's so heartwarming because it's like... Like an old friend came back into your life. Yeah, it's it's amazing, man. Like, the, it's so different than one. It's so much bigger. It's so it's just so different. It's so intense. You know, you're you're alone in a in a new land. Well, you say the the fish out of water. Yeah, Shenmue too. You are a fish out of water, and it, it is. It, it's like. There's nothing like it. Like, you feel that. You feel like you're away from home. So many times I get I get lonely in Shenmue 2, you know? I'm, I just, you have your, your pictures that you can keep from Shenmue 1, and I find myself just, like, opening up those pictures and just staring at them, like, thinking of home, you know? So, yeah. Um... I, I don't like know. the way that you've approached this because you know you've you've already played through Shenmue one and two before, but yeah. then this HD remaster came out, and you played through one pretty immediately, mm-hmm. and then you took a nice long break. Yeah, and I think that j- just the the tone in your voice and the way that you're describing it, I think that made you appreciate Shenmue two even more upon this revisit. I'm yes. glad you didn't do like back to back burying through that. Not yep. that there's anything, not that there's anything wrong with that, yeah. but I, I think this time really helped you. You're just kind of slowly Soaking digesting it, in. it yeah totally is this the first time you got to carry over data 
This is the first time I ever got to yeah. carry over my data because when two came out. So what does that mean in so Shenmue Two? So you carry over your gotcha toys, mm. your photos, and I want to say money as well. Maybe not. Do you carry over moves and moves as okay. well? Yeah, and moves. Cool. So that was really exciting too because the gotcha toys really matter in two. Like economy is, I joke around, I joke about economies a lot, but it's extremely important in Shenmue too. Like money really matters. Not how just do the, how do the gotcha toys matter? You can sell them to pawn shops. Okay. So which is kind of a, kind of hurts me too. It's like I don't want to I don't want to part with these. You know, I have their sentimental value. I'm not giving you my my Eggman. I'm not giving you my knuckles. That like, reminds me of selling video games when I was younger to yes. be able to buy a new one. Yep. And you're just like, man, this sucks. Yes, because it's like, I really need money, but also Tails is cool, so I'm not <laughs> giving this up. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I just, I've sold, I sold my dupes. I didn't really sell any sets. Like, I've got a bunch of Virtual Fighters. I never, I didn't finish the Virtual Fighter set. I never found Super Sonic, so my Sonic collection was incomplete. But, Yeah. Supersonic, man. I know. I never gotta got get him. that supersonic. I know. I got. I got knuckles. I like didn't st- when when I was playing one. I was like, I'm not stopping until I get knuckles. Like hundreds of dollars later, I was like, dude, maybe it's time to stop. <laughs> it's too much. Do you think? Do you do? You, can you pick a favorite between one and two? Oh, is it's there- one. It's one for sure. Why is that? It's it's that small town home cozy feel, you know. Mm-hmm. Your your family is here, your friends are here. Like before you when you when you start the game, you already have these relationships with these characters. They're already strong. Yeah. So by the time you get through the game, they're just even stronger. Fukasan, Inesan, um, just being able to to chill at your own house, like this is your home. Mm-hmm. Two is is it's cold. Two is a cold game. Um, but you're learning a lot in two. There's a lot of life lessons. There's a lot of hard lessons. You know, don't be so naive, Rio. Like it's the, growing the, up, the, yeah. the four woo-doo is a highlight. Four woo-doo. The do four woo-doo think, hype. Do you think Shemu raised you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it definitely... It, it is a game that looks at life... You know, mm-hmm. you're, there's a lot of philosophies. There's a lot of, of life lessons. It's, it's nothing like it. Uh, with these most recent revisits to Shenmue 1 and Shenmue 2, mm-hmm. uh, have, has it got you thinking, uh, I guess, more specifically, like, oh, man, I really hope they bring this back for Shenmue 3 or expand upon this or make this a little different? Have you been thinking along those lines? Yes. Like with 3, I just really hope... They draw you in. You know, Shenmue has such a good way of drawing you in. Like you were talking about Rocksteady's like attention to detail. Yeah. There's so like two is so big. There's so many shops. You'll never go in. But they're there. You can go in and talk to these people. You can examine things. You so know? how how meaningful are those conversations though? Like if you go into a shop mm-hmm. And you talk to somebody, you're like, oh, man, like that was insightful or entertaining or something. Like, yeah. Are you having that kind of quality of, of experience with where you're going? Yes and no. Like sometimes you'll go in a shop and you'll just be like, hey, I'm looking for this. And they're like, oh, go talk to someone. Sure. Some like generic stuff. But right. I mean, and, and to be fair, it's, it's an older game. Yeah. But just an interesting question. Yeah. And uh, 
like a lot of the main quest line, obviously, like just the way it takes its time to set set the mood. Yeah. You know, Shenmue sets the mood. You'll walk into a store and like different musical hit and it'll do some really slow camera works. Like it asks you to be in the moment. Mm -hmm. And that's what I hope mm -hmm. Shenmue 3 does. Yeah. Um, Shenmue 1, I haven't played Shenmue 2, but in Shenmue 1, you're, you're absolutely right. Like just the insane amount of detail that is in like your house for instance where it's like oh i can open these drawers i yeah. can look and pick up this thing specifically i can trigger yeah. this scene by doing this very specific like the, just like it's in open worlds it it feels like it's more about the amount that you see rather than how much you can see a single thing mm -hmm. and yeah i agree i think kind of carrying that philosophy over to shenmue 3 would be really cool yeah i i don't necessarily think it's going to chase after traditional open world trends but i certainly yeah. hope it doesn't as well yeah so yeah cool yeah i've been thinking about just the mood and the vibe and i'm like i just hope they they capture this they capture this feeling uh just one quick thing mm -hmm. shenmue 3 is Deadly close. It's so close. How when do you is feel, it coming man? out? August 27th. It's so close. Yeah. Playable at E3. You seem like you're kind of panicking. A little bit. Because, like, we've <laughs> seen... To me, we've seen, like, nothing. Like, really. Right. They had the gameplay... Quote-unquote gameplay trailer recently, but, like, it was... To me, it was more of just some conversations and cutscenes. You know? We, we haven't really had that uninterrupted walkthrough, you know, and we're three months out. It's it's pretty crazy. It's like, we haven't seen it. We haven't seen just a... Do you think it'll a, get delayed? I really don't think so, but I still wouldn't be surprised, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't sure. know. The fact that it's playable at E3 is... That's good news. Yeah, that's what I heard. I'm pretty sure it is. Shenmue grapevine. I yeah. <laughs> I don't mean this question in an accusatory way. I mean it in a, in a genuine way because Shenmue. It's amazing that like Shenmue three exists at all. Yeah. Uh, do you think there's any way Shenmue three could disappoint you, or are you just kind of happy that you're getting more of it? First and foremost, I'm happy that it exists. Yeah. And everything I've heard Yu Suzuki say about it, the de design philosophy stuff, is all on point. Everything he said, mm -hmm. the way he's he, it's like a circular. A uh, circular like uh, gameplay loop of just everything you do kind of folds in on itself and matters. Talking about the mini games, the money, the learning skills, the jobs, investigation. Talking to be talking to people. He's like nothing is filler. Every single activity you do matters. So that's really encouraging. Cool. Yeah, and the fact that it exists. I think uh, you know. I think the worst case scenario would be like. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. That's yeah. like the worst case scenario. You know, I think it you're, exists. Just, you're just excited for the story. Yeah. Just more continuation. continuing a story. I, my dream, pipe dream, pie in the sky, is that they find a way to take us back home. You know? Because we're away from home now. We're on this journey. And visiting home kind of feels like the end game. Like, you're not yeah. going home until it's all over, until Londi is, is is done, everything's done, but maybe like a dream, like Rio falls asleep and imagines he gets homesick, he gets homesick, and he, and you know, you wake up and you're playing this section just at home, and Ine, Sonic, Bukasan are there, like, give me that fan service. <laughs> give me that moment, dude. It's gonna <laughs> end in the dojo at your house. Yes. With everything on fire. 
in a showdown in that room. Long D. Yeah. Back home. And like Fukusan like <laughs> <laughs> laying there. <laughs> no. Oh, I can't wait. Rio. <laughs> Cannot wait. I don't know if this is just like me or my, my own perspective on things, but it's been it's been kind of exhausting because it feels like every day there's a new thing where like everybody's complaining about some aspect of a game. And I think that's mm-hmm. valid. I, I want people to call out bullshit. But I also think it's important to have a little bit of the other side as well, like that it's not always complaining or being negative all the time because just from my perspective and the, the, the things, that, there's a lot to be excited about. There's yes. so much to be excited about. It's too much. Uh, even just in this frame trap with this lineup <laughs> of know. games, like this, is, this has been a slower month, I think, in a lot of ways for me, but it's still exciting. There's yeah. so much to look forward to. Even just state of play and seeing Final Fantasy VII, seeing Medieval, seeing um, new Persona stuff, seeing Monster new Hunter. Monster Hunter stuff. Like, and you talking about how awesome Final Fantasy fourteen is. Mm-hmm. Just there's brand new things that that away game yeah. with the creatures that Looked looks awesome. new and wild and fun. There's Couple. things we never thought would happen with Shenmue three and Final Fantasy seven remake. There's updates to games we already love like Monster Hunter. Like there is there is a lot of good. I don't want people yeah. to blindly accept stuff, but I do think it's important to appreciate the good things when we have them. Absolutely. 100%. I think you're both very good at doing that, Bradley Ellis and Michael. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, um, there's always there's always something to play. Yeah. Yeah. There's so like much like stuff. you're playing Arkham Knight, I'm going yeah. back playing Shenmue like, 2. These are old Yeah. I was games. looking at my Chrono Cross yesterday. Yeah. I was just like, mm, And you're yeah. like, that's going to feel good yeah. when I pop that in. Yeah. yeah. Um You know what I was looking at, Ben? Mm. You inspired me. What's that? Final Fantasy 9. Whoa. Oh yeah, he was talking about that before. He's like, man, I gotta beat Final Fantasy 9. I was like, yeah, you gotta start over. And it's been like never easier to hop into that game. Yeah. One big, gotta finish 9. 9 is an emotional journey. Uh, Question 9 and 6. I forgot if I asked you this. How does it, how does like, so I remember when I played the PS4 version of 9, the backgrounds didn't look great. Yeah. I remember. How does it look on Switch? So, (laughs) yes. So I I was recently playing Final Fantasy 9 on Switch and. The backgrounds, on, when they're blown up, it, it was definitely very jarring for me at first. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. it's something you do get used to. But no, I don't, I don't think they look great. The character models themselves look great. And the benefit of the Switch is that when you're playing in a handheld mode and everything's shrunk down, yeah, it looks the, the backgrounds do look a lot better. Yeah. So do and they not so, look as good on PS4 as well? Same problem. It, it looks like a little smudgy I from only, what I remember. I only briefly messed around with But I with did not play super long. Like I could totally see it getting, you could get used to it, but it definitely was like, from what I remember on PS1 yeah, to playing on PS4, I mean, I played on PS1 when it came out, which was a long time ago. Yeah. But I'm sure you could overcome that hump easily. Yeah, it seems like an Arkham situation where the Asylum and City remasters did some things worse, but they mm. also did some things better, and, like, you kind of just get used to it. Yeah. It's like, I don't, I'm not a stickler One for of that my kind of stuff. Dark City of Treno, Huber. That's all you got to know, Dark baby. Dark City of Treno. I don't so think I got good. that far. I finished, is it four discs? Let me just say, it's yeah. tournament. I finished disc two and stopped. Yeah. Life uh, happened. It's, yeah, it's it's good. It's good all the way till the end. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really good. I think it I think it holds up. Nice. Uh, very yeah, good. I would love to play through it again. It's been a long time. Try Zorn and Thorn. Try to find some time. Yeah, yeah um, it's, it's pretty easy going, too. Yeah. I would say for the most part, uh, like as long as you're generally Simply, paying attention to your levels and equipment and A really skills. good sense of adventure, I remember. Yes. And 
just an incredible cast. Great. Steiner. Just an incredible cast. I love yeah. Steiner, dude. Love Steiner. Steiner, Steiner by himself deserves to be in the hundreds. <laughs> yeah, he's so yeah. sick. Yeah, and all the characters bring something different to the table. I would think some are stronger than others for sure, but yeah, incredible game. Yeah. Uh, the last game that I want to talk about. Speaking of like revisiting things, uh, this is kind of a weird one. I revisited and have been playing Dragalia Lost. So if you're not familiar with what Dragalia Lost is, it's from Psy Games. They teamed up with Nintendo. Um, to make their own mobile game, and it's it's an action RPG um, where you like take your finger or your thumb and you drag a character around and you tap to attack or you hold to do a stronger attack. You have skills. You also have a dragon companion which you can transform into for a limited amount of time. Yeah, uh, cool. Side Games also did Grand Blue Fantasy, um, but yeah, I played it and I had like a, a solid time with it. I was most impressed with the presentation. It's a really good looking game. The music is phenomenal. It's really fun. The UI is really fun. There's just everything kind of pops with it. I thought the story was kind of lame and the gameplay wasn't enough to keep me excited. But they did this Fire Emblem Heroes crossover, and I was like, Ooh, well, I got to pop in for yeah, that. Having a sick yeah. crossover always yeah. helps. Yeah. Yeah. Having a sick crossover always helps. And, um, Dragalia Lost is something that like I kind of popped into occasionally, but never for very long. But this Final Fantasy event, I was so impressed with how they handled it. It was really, really, really fun. They added a whole new mission type uh, where you have to kind of defend this fortress. And it felt a little Musou-y where you had these different lanes and you could close them off with drawbridges. And it wasn't like amazing, but that mission type, having a new way to play the game really helped. You have these boss fights against characters from Fire Emblem Heroes that nice. were really fun. Um, I just got my might up high enough where I could do like their trials, um, which is like a, a, a much harder version of the boss fights that you do in kind of the main event. Um, the story for it, it was kind of like you were talking about with the Final Fantasy 15 event. Not very long to get through, um, but like cute and fun. Mm -hmm. And it was great interacting with those characters. You can get those characters. You can summon those characters. Um, so you can get Alphonse, Veronica, uh, Form, I think is her name. <laughs> And uh, Marth, you know, Marth. Nice. Um, and very, very powerful, very fun to play as. I was just having a great time. And I ended up sticking with it and getting more invested and wanting to go farther than I ever have with the game. And that was really, really cool. Um, because they do so much right. So there's a ton of, like, currencies to keep track of. You have this castle that you can build up. But they make everything as smooth as possible. So when you're leveling up your characters, right, they have these things called monocircles, and you'll have different nodes on these monocircles to make them stronger in different ways. But it's, you can just be like, oh, just do it for me. Just fill it up yeah. until I run out of resources. And then when you run out of resources for something, it'll be like, hey, this is what you need to get this thing. And you're like, okay, how do I get it? And they're like, well, do these missions. And then you can go directly to that mission. And so even if you're confused, even if you don't know exactly where everything goes all the time, they try to cleave through all of that and be like, just go here, man. And so it makes it really <laughs> easy to get invested in. And you just have this team might level where it's like, hey, you need to be at this might level to clear it. And it, it, they make it as smooth as possible. And the communication's been really good. Um, they had an update where they're like, hey, here's what's coming. Uh, we want to make past events available to everybody. Here are new things that we're working on. Here's a new hero. And so, yeah, I um, am definitely kind of getting sick of games as a service. I'm kind of getting sick of keeping up with things. But, like, hats off to Dragalia Lost. I think they're doing it well enough. They're making it fun enough. They're making it 
they're doing a lot. And it's always yeah. good when you're like kind of getting invested in a game where it's like there's a reason for me to keep checking in. Yeah. They even give you so you have like daily quests, of course. Um, and for some of those, like not the Fire Emblem event quests, but for the daily quests, you'll get skit tickets. And so if you're like, ah, oh, man, like it's another daily quest to do Avenue of Power. I don't really want to do that. I've been doing that over and over and over again. You can just get a skip ticket and you can just clear it. So yeah. as long as you have that ticket, you can get through the quest. And it's like, oh, that's a nice concession. Yeah. Um, and you can play co-op and it's so easy to do. It's so fast. And so if you're like, man, I'm kind of getting sick of doing this or I don't want to play right now, but I do want to play easily with other people. Mm-hmm. Um you can jump right in, you can go into a quick room, and it, it takes like seconds, and you're doing the quest that you want to do, it's so easy to find people, it's very fast, it's very quick, you're doing the thing and it's over, and then if you want to, so if you're farming something, for instance, uh, you can just stick with that group, and it'll be like, hey, do you want to you hang with these people? Nice. And yeah, it, it, so many aspects of the game try to make things as fast and simple and fun as possible, and I really appreciate that. That's good. Um, like with any gotcha game, uh, you can summon things. And at first I was like, man, it really takes a lot to summon. But they give you so many avenues to earn currency that it really felt fair. Uh, I know some people are just immediately turned off by anything like this, but I really didn't feel pressured to spend money. I didn't feel like I needed to. They The game gives you a lot and it feels fair. And so nice. uh, hats off to that. You do get dupes of things. So you'll get like dupes of adventures. <laughs> But when they give you... Can you trade in a dupe? Well, no. So that's the thing. It's like, oh, you already have this character. We'll give you this Eldwater. But you can use that Eldwater to promote, like, four-star units to five-star units. Oh, that's that's, something. That's something, yeah. Okay. I I still don't love the idea of dupes, but not the worst thing in the world. So Nice. But yeah, Dragali Lost. Pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, Yeah, the last uh, mobile game I really got into was, like, a Marvel... Strike Force or Marvel Heroes or Marvel yeah. something, and it's just like they got me. You know, if 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 one of the, like you you love Fire Emblem and stuff, yeah. and it's like you know love Marvel characters, so it's like the idea of getting like, oh man, you know, I really want to get Jessica Jones or I really want to get Daredevil or right. you know, mm-hmm. it's just that that carrot is like ah oh. yeah. So there's there's eight chapters to the main story, and I just don't think like. I don't enjoy the story that much. Like, it's it's fine. It's very generic in a lot of, of cases. Um, and so it's been kind of, like, hard getting the motivation to go through it because, like, you can skip the dialogue and they'll give you a summary. And I think that's totally okay if you want to do that, but I always feel guilty where it's like, okay, well, if I am going to devote the time, I probably should pay attention. But I also don't really want to. And kind of fighting those two things has been a little tricky. Um, but what's nice about Dragalia Lost is... So, like, Fire Emblem Heroes, they're bringing a bunch of characters from all the different games and part of the fun is seeing those characters. But what's nice about Dragalia Lost is it's like, these are brand new characters in a brand new world. You don't need to have that history. You don't need to feel intimidated. You can just jump right in. And like, yeah, they're having a Fire Emblem special event, but that's just a special event. So you can get in on the ground floor, understand everything, get to know these characters, go through it. The game is still like pretty young too. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to jump in, like... I really do feel like it's free in the truest sense of the word. Nice. Um, like, yeah, if you get excited about characters, like, eventually they're going to get you. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it's very low stakes, very low pressure. Brad, I actually think it's something that you might enjoy. Hmm. So if you, like, get a minute, it's nice having that thing where, like, you're waiting online, so it's in, in line or something, or you yeah. have a minute. 
it's something you can easily play in a, in a quick batch. But yeah, I liked it. I, I, it's nice warming up on a game because yeah. I felt pretty lukewarm when I first talked about Drew Alley Lost on Frame Trap, and I feel a lot better That's about good. it yeah. now. Nice. Which is really, really cool. Hmm. And as easy as it is to rag on games as a service, I do think that that's something that I like, where I'm coming to you now, like, all this time later, and being like, oh, man, I feel a lot better about games as, as, as about Dragalia Lost, and that's because it's had this life. Yeah. It's gotten to improve. It's gotten to be better. It's gotten to make me more excited yeah. and include different things, and I think that's really cool. That's how I feel about Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yeah, talk to me about that because you've you been know? keeping up with the it's DLC. It's just non-stop. Non-stop story. Non-stop with this game. Yeah. So I've got over 100 hours now in this thing. <laughs> but it seems like you're more affectionate now. Like, you started hot on AC yeah. Odyssey, but you're way hotter now after all of this stuff. So much good Is stuff. Is that just because, like, it's it's fun to play? The story's been expanded in a meaningful way? Or yeah. all the above? Really a lot of big story stuff. All of it matters. Like, they made the weird decision to have the baby or whatever. That was, That's kind of still weird to me. Like, I know why they did it. You know, bloodlines mm-hmm. and stuff. But, like... Overall, a lot of the story stuff is really awesome. Now they're not only leaning into like crazy mythological craziness, you yeah, know. But, I like when they do that more. But also on like the overarching lore of the entire franchise, some of the stuff that's been like curbed for so long or kind of just in the very, very background of it is really coming to the forefront. And it's just really cool to like Every couple months, you know, check back in with Odyssey, and it's yeah. like every time I come back, I'm just like, oh, it feels good, you know. That game has a lot, a lot of check back in, check back in, a lot, a of, lot of that, a lot of free stuff, Everything and a lot, has of, a lot of, of check back in, like, man. dailies in it. But like, there's weeklies. like, but all that stuff I don't engage with. Yeah. Like the check back in with your daily quests, like Fortnite and Mortal Kombat 11, yeah. is tedious. And if and you don't want your dailies to clog up, and it's like, oh well, I gotta log in to get my daily, and that that it really matters because the reward for your dailies is so important. Mm-hmm. You need your coins or your battle stars, and it's whereas this is like, hey, we released a free quest. There's no BS attached. There's no strings attached. It's like, hey, do you want to hop back into Odyssey and play a self-contained two-hour? 90-minute quest line that has a beginning, a middle, and an end? Yes. Awesome. So that's when I think... That's, like, the balance I like with, with games as a service. So the story's good for these? I, I feel yes. like that's something okay. yeah. that Ubisoft has been consistently praised for is they actually are updating their games and they're supporting... They're getting behind the games and supporting them. They're making them better over the time. They're building up these communities. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Totally. Are they better than, like, the main story? Yes and no. They're it's clearly like they've been working on this for so long now. They've got it down. Like some of the, mm-hmm. a couple of the free ones are better than anything I did in the main game. Cool. A couple of them are awesome, and they expect you to like be far in the game. So it's yeah. like, hey, go kill uh, three people that are wearing this I mean, out of yeah. like thirty people. It's like, Ugh. so Huber, <laughs> uh, I booted up. AC Odyssey, and yeah. it was hard because I was like, oh, man, what, what the hell was I even doing in this game? I, I hate that feeling. I, I know, hate it so much. I know. And uh, it was like, hey, go find this person. I was like, where the hell is this yeah. person? And I, your enthusiasm for AC Odyssey and just how much I was enjoying it, like, I do want to get back to it. It's definitely, like, yeah. put a pin in that. However, 
got distracted by Arkham Knight, which was a good distraction. Very, very good. And now I'm distracted by Days Gone. So, <laughs> very, very good. Like, yeah. Assassin's uh, Creed's long, too, it, so yeah. if you're going to play it, yeah. you got to like really dedicate right. yourself. It right. is a brick. It's yeah. huge. It is Not quite there so yet, but big. Just know I keep thinking it's yeah. it's there. It's in the It'll back of the mind. It'll always be there. Yeah. Like, it's a commitment. You know, and I'm just... For me, I, I'm coming from the point of, like, I'm so invested in this franchise. I've finished yeah. all the mainline games. Like, I am yeah. so all in on Assassin's Creed yeah. that it's easier for me to, like, be attached to this stuff and to hop back in. But, sure. like, I, it's a lot. I it's a lot. Pretty much every mainline one, <laughs> but I'm definitely, like, not as into the story <laughs> as you, which is, like, I mean, that's cool that you're into it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's fun, though, still. Yeah. But, yeah. Stealth kills. It's a goofy. Warp strike. Warp Strike, yeah. Real really good I warp really strike. need to... I, I haven't even seen this Warp Strike in 14. I need <laughs> to see it, Brad. It's cool. Yeah. You know what else is cool? As we're getting to the summer months, the only thing that can match the heat of the outside is the heat of this hotel, okay? <laughs> it is very hot, hot in here. I think that's why I brought up heat, Brad, is because it's, like, really hot in this room. <laughs> And I shouldn't be wearing this. Yeah, you're all layered hoodie. up. Yeah, I'm all Fools. layered up, man. Fuzroda. Fuzroda. Um, Brad, I knew that there was only one thing that we could talk about with the Sotake. Yes. We've already mentioned it several yes. times on this podcast. Did they say... But uh, who cares? Did they say how many uh, Skyrims the Iceborne map is? <laughs> no, they just, said, <laughs> they just said it's bigger than any area <laughs> in world once you unlock everything. Uh, I'm sorry. No, it's all right. Bad joke. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about the Final Fantasy VII remake, and I want to open this conversation Whoa. by Whoa. <laughs> yeah, okay, I, okay. I feel like it's something that we all have opinions on. Sure, which is always good father for the Otake. But Huber, yeah, when we were reacting to the Final Fantasy VII remake, you brought up something. You're like, hey, are they going to make it like episodes still, or is it going to be one game? Like, what's yeah. the deal? It's been has been a lot of communication. Yeah. This is this is, uh, my source here is RPG site. Okay. Um, a lot of places report on this though, but directly from the official Square Enix Japan website, we are progressing on Final Fantasy VII Remake's production as partition titles. Yes. It will still be split up. Okay. We don't know how many. We don't know how many. Okay. But we know that it's still going to be split up. How do you feel about that? I feel good. And Why I do feel, you feel good. Three words. Life is. Strange. Okay. All right. Those are episodic games Yeah. that taught me to appreciate episodic games. When I finish an episode of Life is Strange, it consumes me. And I, I keep it here. I keep it in my heart. I keep it on my mind for months. And I just let it. I just let it live in me, man. I just love that feeling of like you finish this episode and then you you still have something to be excited for in the future. Mm-hmm. Like it's coming, but you can also take the time to appreciate and and feel everything about it and feel that moment. And that moment lasts longer. And we live in a time right now where there's so much that we're just trying to consume and consume and consume and beat this, move on to the next, beat this, move on to the next. And now that it's episodic, it's like we are we are guaranteed now to let Final Fantasy VII breathe, to let it last. Because even like Kingdom Hearts 3, Brad, Kingdom Hearts 3 to me came and went. And this is a game we were waiting for. You'll be back for that DLC. Definitely. 
but it's something we were waiting for for a long time, and it was over kind of in the blink of an eye. So I'm I'm with you, man, except for one very key difference. Yes. And this is making an assumption. I, guess, I, I can't say for certain that this is going to be true, but going <laughs> on the assumption is... I know what happens in Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> yes. I know the storyline. I don't know the storyline sure, yeah. of Life is Strange sure. because it's being played out episode to episode. Sure. But it's it's a lot weirder when you're like, well, yeah, I know what they're building up to. Yeah, yeah we're going from a piece of work that was one thing and right. they're dividing it up into right. how many parts. Right. Yeah. And I think that is, that is definitely something you have to consider. Right, definitely. Um, Fair point. I want to keep talking about the episode thing. Um, and, and like, before I say anything else, I am immensely excited. I, I'm actually, I actually think it could be really cool, um, that they're taking the gameplay in a new direction. I'm excited to take this. I am very open to it. I am more excited than anything, but just for the sake of conversation, one thing that popped into my head that I'm very worried about is to me, like, if you don't have an awesome world map in the Final Fantasy VII remake, that's going to feel weird. Mm -hmm. Um, there are a lot of moments that are reliant on that world map in Final Fantasy VII. And so with a project like this, for as big as it is, and then splitting it up to not have that that world map and that exploration, I'm not saying that they, they can't do it and have it work, but it is a concern that I have. Yeah. Do you think that concern is valid? Yeah, of course I do. Brad? <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. There's t- plenty of things to be concerned about with this game. We've barely seen anything of it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's another good point to bring up, is this is just speculation because we're excited. Like, and everything we've see. seen is, like, the first three, four, or five hours of this game. Right. Pretty much. Um, I guess, kind of along those lines, Brad, based on what we've seen, mm-hmm. is there anything that worried you? That I've seen? Yes. No. <laughs> is there anything that you haven't seen that has worried you? Um... I'm like I'm like the world map I think is an interesting idea like where yeah. where will this episode end kind of thing like that right how will it end uh what new will they introduce will everything work that they introduce I'm more excited just to see the world realized yeah. in like a new way that I've never seen before like like you I'm totally cool with them doing whatever like with the combat system I'm way cool with that but I think there is room for concern for especially like a game that's so beloved to be like Concerned about when we don't know a lot about it still. Yeah. Um, big question. If they were to change aspects of the story, would you be okay with that? I mean, it depends what they change. Change, add, you just modify I'm the story like, in some I'm way. fine with it. Like, I'm okay with that. Like, if they if they add stuff or change things here or there, I'm like, it's fine. Yeah. It doesn't really bother me because there is the original still. Like, that'll right. always be there for me if I really need it. But... Like, this game is a remake. I think if you're going to do a remake, you might as well just do some different stuff. Yes. I'm of I'm of the, the exact same opinion. And this, so, like, even bringing up the world map stuff, it's like, I want it, but I'm open to it being like, wildly different. I don't think it'll be, like, a world map of what right. everyone thinks it will be. I'm sure there'll be huge open areas right. to explore and stuff, but I don't know if it'll just be humongous open world map. Like, I think you'll get more opportunities to explore areas like Midgar as opposed to, like, what it was in the original because Midgar is very kind of like limiting, I guess, in the original right. game. Mm-hmm. It's very like go here, go here, go here, go here. A few moments where you can kind of go back, but hope, I'm hoping they like give more huge city. Yeah, you can explore that kind of stuff yeah, more. Definitely. And what makes me at ease though is they're saying each episode is going to be as much as like a full game. Yeah. Um, Crazy. Thinking about how they split it up, I would actually be okay if. <sighs> It was split up a bunch, but within each of those parts of the Final Fantasy VII 
remake. Obviously, it's going to be as much as, as, as a full game is what you've said, and that's mm-hmm. what they're chasing after. But if they went really, really hard, and so it's like, okay, well, this is just the Midgar section of the game, but like you were saying, you could explore, and it could be so yeah. much more in-depth than it was before. Yeah. And another area where I think of that is, like, think about what they could do with full so- gold, gold saucer, saucer. Yeah. and how much crazier that could be. Yeah, oh, my God. Um, they're just blowing any area out so much more would be awesome. Right. Uh, it's just... The storytelling that I'm worried about, like where they choose to leave off, mm-hmm. how they present it. Um, I mean, I'm thinking of. I mean, the there's some exact like spot. there's I some moments exactly you could where think of where like yes, they could end right here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that yeah, <laughs> clearly. Yeah, like I, I'm really excited for the newer scenes they've added, like just that that brief glimpse of Cloud and Sephiroth, right. like talking somewhat. Like, I'm excited for stuff like that. Like, I'm way down for more context, more of, like, why this is important, stuff like that. More Cloud's history. I'd love for them to show more of, like, Zack's background and everything like that. Like, Zack's role in the game is, like, important in the original one, but you don't see that much of that cutscene, like, with Cloud and Zack interacting with each other. They They did Crisis Core, of course. What if they just incorporate all the Crisis Core stuff in? Crisis Core has a lot of stuff. (laughs) And a lot of characters. But it'd be, I mean, I'd be down if there's elements. I'm, I'm cool if they add elements from Crisis Core into it. Yeah. The the tone of Final Fantasy VII changes so much throughout the course of the game. Yes. Like the beginning of that game with Midgar and your mission and the way everything goes is very different from the middle of the game, which is very different from the end of the game. And I think, and just kind of what your yeah. main points of conflict are change over yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, there's like a character cloud right. changes dramatically right. throughout the game. Right, and obviously that's natural, but I think that kind of dramatic change works a lot better in a single game. And so I guess sure, that's yeah. that's what I'm worried about of is course. how different Final Fantasy VII gets over time. Like, I, I want the the third episode to have, like, just as much going on, be just as fun. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, I don't know. I'm, I'm worried about the tonal whiplash, Absolutely. I suppose. Of course, yeah. I mean, it's a valid concern. I'm hoping it's two parts. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want like three. Like it could work. I would ideally want two though if they do it, because I don't think some people are like, oh, every part should be a disc, and it's like, well, disc three is pretty short right. at the end of seven. I could see three parts. Yeah, me too. Of course. I mean, they could totally do it. I just want every part to feel like satisfactory. Right. And it's just the other the other thing is when there are a lot of people obviously that are be, kind of going to be coming into Final Fantasy VII for the yeah. first time. But it takes you a while to get some of those party members. Yeah. And I'm, I guess I'm, on one level, I'm a little bit worried because it's like, oh, man, I can't wait to see this person. And it's like, well, am I going to see them in 2030? Yeah. <laughs> They've, like, shown – I've seen, like, a cast list of, like, characters and voice actors, and I've seen some of the characters on it. I'm like, yeah. okay. So I kind of have an idea of where it's going to go. I don't sure. know for sure, though. But I get an idea. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you're worried about or excited about regarding the gameplay? The gameplay? Uh, I'm really into the... I really like the gameplay. I'm cool with, like... I love turn-based. Don't get me wrong, but I'm cool with them trying something different, like, just being really flashy. Yeah. I like the idea of you being able to switch characters. It looks like on the fly from what I've seen and how that's going to implemented. Uh... I mean, it's so hard for me to... Because I don't know. We don't know a ton about it. Like, I would need to see more to be like I'm really worried about this certain aspect like as it is now it all seems really cool and like fun and flashy which I really like but I don't know the nitty gritty like how the material system might be handled right I hope it's as in depth as it was in the previous game 
I want the boss fights, like, I want to feel the swords clashing, you know? Because, like, 15 boss fights were fine. Yeah. But forgettable, you know? And I want, I really want these boss fights to feel more Mm -hmm. than, more than I'm just, like, mashing my attack and doing my super moves. And, you know, like, I want... I want it to be a little more interesting than that. I hope the emotion from the original of like encounters translates over to this very well. Because a lot of those encounters have like build up and like thought behind them, emotion like building up to that part. So I hope that translates well. So I am way down. With, I'm totally okay with them changing it from turn based to to this action system. However, Final Fantasy VII being such an important RPG in my life and in a lot of people's lives, you just Think of certain moments in a specific way, and because Final Fantasy VII is this ATB system, and there are a lot of boss fights where it was like, oh, I needed, like, that material really helped me, or the way I built this character really helped me, the party that I came in here really helped me, and it was just, it was a lot about, you know, that classic JRPG, the way that I prepared, the way that I leveled up, Mm -hmm. what I brought into battle, and not that you can't do that in an action RPG, you definitely can, but it can feel very, very different. And so I don't want it every boss fight to be like, oh man, like just I didn't down. Yeah, it didn't matter what build I brought yeah. in. Or it's strategy just, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. It, like it's cool if it's more about dodging or timing attacks, but I also want that classic, like, okay, I prepared for this. Like having yeah. a certain I, material will help. Right. In this I encounter, built yeah. my party in yeah, a way. I hope yeah, so too. I, I want that sense to be there to a mm-hmm. substantial degree. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <sighs> More in June. I think... More um, in June. That's right. Another thing to bring up, and I want to get your guys' opinion on it, is um, I was showing my girlfriend the Final Fantasy VII stuff, and she has no context for Final Fantasy VII at all. And then I was like, this is what Final Fantasy VII used to look like. Yeah. And she was like, no, you're lying to me. Like, this is not, it didn't, it didn't really look like this. I'm like, yeah, it's an old game. Um, and obviously that's going to happen. But I think when you have the, the kind of blocky, older character designs mm-hmm. of, of this PS1, early PS1 Final Fantasy VII, um, you get attached to them and they look a certain way. And obviously when you make them brand new, they're going to look way different. I actually think they've done a phenomenal job so far. What I remarked on is I was like, man, these guys look the way you mm-hmm. have them in your yeah. mind. Um, they, they brought them up to modern standards without ruining what makes them classic. But I, in the back of my mind, like especially some of the, the Shinra people, mm-hmm. uh, I hope that they look right. Uh, I mean, it's a hard will. thing to nail. Like Brad, Brad said it, and I just lived it with Resident Evil Two. You know, like you're right. I'm so. It's up. my favorite game of all time. The stakes couldn't be higher. This is how Brad feels mm-hmm. about Final Fantasy VII. But like, that's always going to be there. The original, you yeah. know. And I, it is scary that they're doing it so differently. Like mm-hmm. t- action. Instead of yeah, turn-based is departure. a huge fundamental change. Just like, you know, over-the-shoulder versus fixed cameras is a huge change. But now that it's over, they both exist and they both do things differently. And that's like, that's the best. Mm-hmm. I'm always there with that argument. Like, hey, the original already exists. No big deal. Mm-hmm. Um 
I feel the same way about Persona 5 Royal. It's like, yeah. well, if I don't like the changes, at least I still have mm-hmm. vanilla Persona 5. But man, Resident Evil 2 Remake, and this probably isn't your perspective, Huber, <laughs> but like for me, everything was nailed. Like Perfect. The Perfection. The, the fact that it wasn't fixed camera, the way that they <laughs> did it in the remake was perfect. The way Leon looks was perfect. Mm-hmm. The way Claire looks was perfect to me. William Birkin, Mr. X, all this stuff was so yeah. on point. Ada looked phenomenal. And that's the vibe I'm getting from Remake. You're, right. yeah. You're totally right. The vibes are right. We have a very recent example of a super imper- mm-hmm. important game being knocked out of the park. Yeah. Obviously different companies, completely different genres. Different scale. But yeah. nonetheless, yeah. it fills me with hope. Yes. Yeah. Uh, as far as the character design's been, I mean, Nomura's on this, and he did right. all the original designs. Right. So I think he's going to, like, try to, like, from what we've seen of Cloud and Barrett and Jesse Biggs Wedge, they all look great. Right. Like, everyone looks great right now. Yeah. And so hopefully that consistency does carry over. I, I don't love the plot of this movie, but as far as the, the updating of the designs, like, Abbott Children, Children was yeah. amazing. Yeah. And so they've already been able to update these characters yeah. successfully. Um yeah, I agree. I think there's... You're right. Cloud looks awesome. Cloud yeah. looks perfect. He looks awesome. He looks awesome. He looks... <laughs> I think he looks really good for his age in the game. Yes. He's 21 in the game, and I think they really nailed the way he looks. Right. A lot more... He has that more kind of goofy side, I would say, that he had in the original seven. Like, Aventron is much more serious from what he's going through. Punished yeah. Cloud? Very punished Cloud. <laughs> Very punished. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, the most punished. Will... Because no more is directing this sucker, right? Uh, yeah, I believe he's the director. We talked about Crisis Core being in this thing. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're just gonna throw Advent Children in as an entire episode? I don't and know. we're going Advent three Children, episodes. Like, I mean, do you they think? Could. Do you think that's just gonna be part of this? Advent Children takes years. Like, yeah, takes Advent place Children years takes after. place after the fact, and so I don't yeah. really understand the need to incorporate it within. Yeah. Finally, if exactly. anything, I think it. you'd see Crisis Core stuff more likely in it. Right. What about? Uh, Dirge of Cerberus? Yes. That's even that's after <laughs> Aventure Learn. I think we'll get some uh some I don't dirge. Think you might get some more additional Vincent backstory with like Lucrezia or something like that. But I don't know about necessarily Dirge of Cerberus levels. <laughs> Just throwing out all yeah. the possibilities on the table there. here. Yeah. Letting it all I, out. I have a complicated relationship with Dirge of Cerberus. <laughs> anyway. Uh, um, hoping for uh, a little more Turks. So yes. Turks. yes. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. More Turks. Yeah. And they need more out. And the Orochimaru character within the within the core. <laughs> game. What's his name? Orochimaru. Oh. Uh, You've said that so many times. Like, Hojo? You could be, it could be anybody. Hojo. Hojo, dude. Hojo hype. Let's go. <laughs> Such a creep. Orochimaru. Yeah. Hojo is a creep. <laughs> I mean, he is an Orochimaru character. Yes. Hundred percent. I say it all the time. But at least it fits. Yeah. <laughs> Science. <laughs> they put Orochimaru into Final Fantasy VII. Um, I want to talk to you guys about spoilers really okay. quick because Final Fantasy VII is, is a thing where it's kind of like the Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, where it's like <laughs> you, you, you know what happens even if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I felt that way for a long time, but... A lot of people in chat, when we were doing the reactions, were like, this is going to be the first time that I play Final Fantasy VII. There's a lot of that I don't know. And so I'm like, oh, I kind of want to protect that experience for you. But at the same time, a lot of my perspective and analysis will be like, what are they changing? What's different to this super old game? And so it's hard 
uh, finding a balance there, wanting to be respectful but still wanting to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys? How do? You, where do you fall on this? Um. I mean, I will try to curb or maybe just not talk about like the more important plot points definitely i'm cool with like talking about like little here moments here and there but nothing that's like whoa huge story revelations or something like that like like i think the fact that there's an orochimaru character is not yeah really a spoiler like (laughs) that gold saucer that gold saucer exists in this game or something like that 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 is a spoiler not a spoiler. no like that's like that's not a spoiler but i'm not gonna like go into like maybe like really intense plot details yeah mm-hmm. or like character arcs or stuff like that yeah i'm gonna do my best to i will to do my best to like yeah talk about this game the best i can but there is a ton of people out there that are playing this for the first time yeah so i would like for them to experience it the best they can yeah absolutely i feel like when we last talked about final Fantasy VII remake this came up maybe it didn't but this is something that i final Fantasy VII is one of those games that means so much to so many people and even if you haven't played it you kind of understand its importance i think in a mm-hmm. lot of ways and when you have something like that it, it seems like an unwinnable situation yeah they don't change enough people complain they change too much people right. complain they don't do this character exactly this like it it just it belongs to so many people that there's there's going to be backlash no matter what 100 oh, percent is how do you feel about that i guess in a general sense when you when you have something like this i mean They've already done crazy stuff with Seven to me already. Sure. Like, Dirge of Service is insane. Uh, Advent Children is, like, crazy. Like, what the hell's going on? Like, they've taken, like, they've done stuff with this universe already to me. But I always have the original. It'll always be there. It will not be replaced. It's always going to have a highlight for me. And I'm just kind of cool with, like, the developers on this game. A lot of, like, the same people who worked on the original are working on this game. And I'm kind of cool with them just, like, letting them make the game they want to make. Yep. Brad, I think that was a perfect response. Yeah. Uh, I think of Avengers Endgame, where it's like the MCU journey has been one of my favorite things in my life growing up now. It's like such a huge part of my life. Right. I didn't allow anyone to influence my thoughts about Endgame. I didn't read reactions or right. theories or what's to come. In the, I... I purposefully blocked it out because I just just wanted to mm-hmm. just wanted to keep that one really kind of for myself you know yeah, yeah. I just kind Absolutely. of avoided like it, it, like just a few kind of sacred things where it's like if everyone loves it if everyone hates it if it's kind of in the middle like I don't care I'm just it's gonna be me right my wife yeah my wife that's it <laughs> you know I yeah. just I, I, I just I what I'm not I don't want the hot takes for Endgame. I don't want to talk about time travel inconsistencies or infinity stones. It's just like yeah. nope. I hear you. I'm, and you have I'm gonna to do protect that. this. You have to keep some things just for you, or at least yeah. mostly for you. And I get that. But there's also times where you put your faith in something because it's earned it. Yeah. And so you're kind of like, all right, I'm there to the end. And the deal that you hope that you're making is like this thing is going to hold up its end of the bargain. And, like, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones means a lot to me. I don't talk about it a lot on camera very much. I do here and there. I have. But, like, it's it's been hard because I was... I love Game of Thrones so much, and that last episode, like, broke me, and we only have two episodes to go, and maybe the whole shit turns around. But the reason why I'm bringing up Game of Thrones is I think 
Final Fantasy VII can kind of be the same way, where like even if you're open to it being completely new, even if you're excited through the roof, even if you know you'll enjoy it on some level, like Endgame to me, I don't know about anybody else, I don't really care. Endgame nailed it for me. Yeah, it was the it was it. I felt emotionally paid off, and yes. that's really all I'm asking. For. I wanted to savor that. Yes. With Final Fantasy VII Remake, I think that's the thing that I need the most. Like, even when I replayed it at you guys, with you guys at Game Trailers, going through it again with chat, being on the internet, all this stuff, I still felt excited playing it. There were still moments that, like, made my heart sing. That's really all I care about. Mm -hmm. I don't care about how much you change or the way that you change it as long as, at the end, those scenes that are, like, ancient in my mind now still get me excited, still feel like, oh, that's why I love these characters. Like, that's the number one thing that I care about. Whatever hot takes the internet has, that's fine. As long as it makes me feel that way, we're all good. Hell yeah. And it's kind of the same thing with Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah, like I was, anytime I saw a hot take, I avoided it. I was like, I don't want, like, I don't want the the love and and maybe even the the blinders Mm -hmm to be uh, taken off my face, you know? I want to be blinded by the love, by the hype yeah. of this thing ending, you yeah. know? <laughs> like, criticism's all, all well and good. Sure. But some things, some things, like Shenmue 3, for example, mm-hmm. like these, these things that have been part of our lives for decades, I, I don't want to hear the criticism. <laughs> right. <laughs> But you also want it to follow through. <laughs> yes. You want it to be good. Yeah, and I, totally. You don't want to be let down. Right. Totally. You don't personally want to be let down. Totally. And I guess maybe to wrap this all up, and Brad, I, I think you feel the same way. Like, so far, that's exactly what Final Seven Remake so is So far, doing. I've been very pleased with what I've seen. Yeah, I have too. I, I, it, it looks like they care. Yeah. And I like, that's really Like, the fact the that they things. scrapped it, like yeah. that rumor, and like, we're redoing it, like, that... I think that means they're taking it very seriously. Yeah, yeah. think about how that trail, like all the little details we were able to pull out, the way the attacks looked, mm-hmm. the way the characters looked, just the environment, like everything. It was like, oh, like you understand how much this means to people. At least that's what you're communicating to me. Yeah. And like coming after 15, you know, they have experience with this kind of combat system now. I imagine the mm-hmm. combat just surpassing 15. Yeah, I don't think they have to deal with a lot of the tech problems yeah. 15 went through, right. too. And just like building off that mm-hmm. foundation, like 15's combat's cool, but wow, right. you can make it even better. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it'll be exactly like 15's. For sure, for sure. But I think it'll be like, from what I've seen, I mean, it's hard. Yeah. We still don't know a lot about it. it. Gives me like vibes of Kingdom Hearts and 15 kind of mixed. Yeah. But who knows? Yeah. Even like seeing the characters like walk in combat, it reminds me of like Final Fantasy 12 almost a little. Yeah. Who knows about Final Fantasy 7 Remake? Does but Square we, even know? But we do know about these emails. Oh, yeah. I always love the email section. Me too. Nice, yes. little, nice little cool off, cool off here from you guys. Our first email comes in from Paul. What's up, Paul? Who says, stuck in a loot trap? Oh. Hey, allies. I write you today prepared to turn in my gamer card. I love loot boxes. In fact, my favorite games, Hearthstone, Magic the Gathering, and especially Madden Ultimate Team and FIFA Ultimate Team, are my most treasured gaming experiences. A combination of tactical strategy with a collectum all element is delightful, challenging, and perhaps addictive. Alas, my quandary 
you can't ban loon boxes without banning digital collectible card games as we know them too, and likely take down a bunch of indie mobile developers in the process. Are gamers really willing to throw the trading card game baby out the bat with with the bathwater? Are loot boxes so dangerous that they must be eliminated? How did this work out for video game violence? Why now, after decades of seeing those in power consistently get gaming wrong, do we now turn to them for answers? Thus, my question, allies, in your heart of hearts, where do you think the loot box debate ends? A complete banning, like online poker, nothing happening at all, or some weird compromise that leaves everyone sort of annoyed? Apologies for the long question, but Frame Trap is nothing if not a show that appreciates depth, context, and elaboration. Hmm. Great question. Mm-hmm. Tough question. I think it'll end up in some weird spot where no one's happy. That's right. just the kind of vibe I'm getting about loot boxes and like whatever's going to happen with them. And I feel like developers have realized that we don't like them. Yeah. So newer games, I feel like, are not using them. It I mean, feels like I mean, I think Immortal Kombat 11. I, I and, actually, I actually, uh, I actually don't think this question is as complicated as it seems. Um. Because I think for the most part, in mass, people have been pretty good about calling out the most egregious stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, people are there. Are, there's always going to be people complaining about everything in some context, in some way. Like, if if your goal is I don't want anybody complaining about this, then that's not a good goal. But I've, when I think about the things that people have made the most noise about, mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat 11 is a good recent example. Anthem is a good recent example. Fallout 76 is a good recent example. Uh, what else? Battlefront 2 is a good example where I think people have shown that they're willing to support free-to-play games with microtransactions as long as they don't insult your intelligence, time, or re- like feel like they're mm-hmm. compromising the game in a fundamental way. Yeah. Like, people, it's okay that you get excited when you're cracking packs. We yeah. all get excited when we're cracking yeah. packs. There's no yeah. shame in admitting that. But we also want to analyze in specific context how these things are happening. Mm-hmm. To me, Mortal Kombat 11 just convoluted itself so much that it lost the fun. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't, it put too many layers, too many barriers in front of the place that, like, I didn't get excited about chasing after things yeah. anymore. It's so annoying because it's like I want one skin and it's like I'm never going to get this thing because it's random every time. Right. And at least in Overwatch, you're getting coins, you mm-hmm. know? It, like at least I can save. Eventually. Eventually save up for the one mm-hmm. thing I want. And, and you know, Overwatch kind of got a lot of criticism because it was like at the forefront of loot boxes but looking back like it's fine like i have no problem whatsoever with (sighs) overwatch loot boxes because it's all cosmetic whatever yeah i think it doesn't hurt as much when it's free to play game like when it's a 60 dollar game like you're already paying full price for it and then there's that on top of it Mm -hmm. especially how it's handled in the game Mm -hmm. about like you gotta pay to get this item who knows if you'll get it kind of thing front as opposed to hearthstone which is like you just you're buying cards. You're playing a trading card game, and it's free to play. I guess if you want, and you could kind of earn cards. I'm not experienced, but I feel like if it's, I'm always way more cool with it if it's a free to play game right off the bat because that's yeah. how it survives. If opposed to me buying Battlefront two and just getting destroyed because I didn't buy stuff and I'm yeah. getting out geared. I'm like yeah. getting killed because I didn't pay money. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I. I 
people have been a lot harsher on sixty dollars games that monetize that way, and I think rightfully so. Yes. People are people are absolutely right to do that. And the thing was is, was Overwatch sixty bucks? I always forget. On console, it was okay, and then on PC, it, it was, was 40. 40. I yeah. think okay. I think you can also enjoy something immensely and be proud of that enjoyment while still recognizing the flaws. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, like you don't like when you're when you're saying like, hey man, I'm prepared to turn my gamer card because I love these things. It's like no, no. Like j- you can be part of the conversation, and we we need to be better. I think about recognizing that even something that is really bad maybe has some good things to it, and trying to extract those good things and get rid of the yeah. bad things, and just constantly iterate and improve. And find a way to make it better. I think another thing that is also exhausting people with this loot box conversation is it does kind of suck that when when like it feels everything is moving that direction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, especially when you have, I think what's also hard for people is you have these series that they've loved for years, forever, and they've seen it work without this stuff. And yeah. then when you put it in, it can be a hard pill to swallow, yeah. especially when you don't yeah. immediately see like, oh, this this makes the game better. Yeah. If it's not actively and immediately making the game better, it feels like they're forcing it in and that sucks. Yeah. Like it sounds so dumb, I know. But like, I just want to be OG Liu Kang. Right. It's all I want, dude. Yes. All I want to do is have my red bandana, <laughs> my red and black pants. Yeah, you can you can do that. And do some flying kicks. Right. And it's the hopeless feeling of like I'm never getting that because I'm out of coins and it could be in any one of these million loot boxes. Huber, when you play through the story, you get, I don't remember what you get specifically through Luke Kane, but there's actually kind of a weird thing. When you play through the story, you get stuff. You actually have to go into your combat card and go a tab or, over and manually like click and redeem all the stuff that you earn from the story. Have you done that yet? No. It's very easy to miss. Okay. I don't blame you. Okay. But yeah, that's something you can do. Okay, well, I really wanted it. Yes. And it felt hopeless because I wasn't getting at least like some gold currency. And it was mm-hmm. like... And that feeling... Too many layers. So that feeling... Made me so bummed out. I was just so bummed by it because I don't have an attachment to Zombie Liu Kang. I don't like it. <laughs> I just don't want to be some Zombie Liu Kang. Right. I uninstalled. Finished, Done. Finished the game. Done. Booted. Finished the game. Did some towers. Did I even did like Liu Kang's tower? And it, like you don't his character tower. You don't get the the cool skin. I think I got like a similar one, but it wasn't the red. Not the one you wanted. Yeah, and I just I uninstalled. And it sounds like maybe petty or silly, but like that like that nostalgic feeling is like part of what I love about Mortal Dude. Kombat 11. Like fe- like just playing it with my brother. Like my brother got me into Liu Kang. I used right. to be a Sub-Zero Scorpion guy, but my brother doing bicycle kicks all the time was like the sickest shit ever. So just over time, I got so into that character and just wanted that feeling again. I don't think it's necessarily a silly thing at all. When I think about how much people spend on cosmetics yeah. in video games, yeah. when I think of like League of Legends and how many money people are willing to spend for a skin on them. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, I'm opening up these loot boxes in MK11, giving me Sh- Shao Kahn skins. I don't even have the character. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even have this guy. Yeah, it's a bummer. That should not happen. Like, what? Yeah, it's a bummer. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do think it's... Also important to maybe take a step back and realize that we are in the growing pains with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think a lot of people are still trying to figure it out. I do think you should call people out on their bullshit 100%. <laughs> but 
Yeah, I mean, like we just talked about with several of these games, we talked about Assassin's Creed Odyssey, we talked about Dragalia Lost, um, where there are, we talked about Final Fantasy XIV, where games moving in this direction, they have done some cool things. I love that I can keep coming back and they expand it in great ways. I love that they can do these crazy crossover events with other things that I already care about. And so I don't think it's very productive to be like, okay, games as a service is always bad in all cases. Loot boxes are a little bit more difficult for me because they just have such a stigma around them. And even in the best of times, even in the best of times with loot boxes, I still feel like they can be wrong. Mm -hmm. Like with loot boxes, when I like them, I like them because of like, I, I enjoy that rush of getting a rare thing. Yeah. And I always hate that feeling when you impulsively spend money. Yeah. Cause you're like, Oh man, I got to get that skin. Like I don't, is that a good feeling? Is that, is that something we want to promote? To me, it's never, it, it, it's, it stopped being good when I started playing Fortnite because of the battle pass. Yeah. I really like battle passes. It's, Basically like an admission ticket. That's how I kind of see it. Right. You pay 10 bucks. You're in for the season. It's two and a half months. You set your eyes on something and you have a goal. It's right. like, okay, level 40 something. The counterpoint is you got to put in the time yes. to get it. But at least then I'm just playing your game and enjoying your game. And I know that that will be paid off if I eventually There's get There's a light to, at the end of the tunnel. Ex You'll, exactly. You know you could get there if you it, put in the time. Exactly. And before you even spend that $10, you can look at what the Battle Pass has to offer. You can see every thing, single thing along the road. And it's like, well, I don't play Fortnite nearly as much as I have. There's no way I'm getting to level 100 anymore. That's just not happening. So are the first, like... 40 levels worth it? Like, what are the rewards here? Oh, that's really cool at level 25. Oh, level 30, that's cool. Sure, 10 bucks, like, now I can play for the season and, and get that reward. There is a goal. But that's what I... I'm so happy you brought that up because you're just trying to think of a better way of doing this mm -hmm. type of reward. And he's talking about, like, hey, you like trading card games, right? Do you really not want those to exist? And even when I think about trading card games... Like with Hearthstone, with Magic, it's like I've spent, I've seriously spent both with digital card games and physical card games so much money. I got excited about yeah. a set. I would spend all this money. I would get excited and I'd be powerful for like a day, a little bit of time, <laughs> right? A couple, a couple months. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then, like now, it's getting harder and harder for me to be like, okay, do I want to spend money to get in on this new set do i want to like yeah on some level it's exciting when you open a rare card it's exciting it's cool it's fun but i think for everybody you like you can't be on that wheel forever it eventually you're going to burn out there's yeah. probably a better way of doing this and there's nothing wrong with saying that yeah. like is randomized stuff in a pack or a box the no. best way we can create that feeling probably not no you know i think of hearthstone and and i think of just the gradual decline in my love for it because eventually it got to a point where when I wanted to have a good deck or two, I had to disenchant. Yeah. So, okay, now I'm disenchanting. A couple more months go by, some new stuff comes out. Okay, well, now I can really aff only afford to kind of keep up with one or two classes, so let me disenchant everything else I have. Okay, well, th all those cards are gone now. Now it's at a point where... Every other class except one or two I just have no cards for, yep. no resources. Really, the only way 
the only way at this point now with Hearthstone to to participate competitively in a new expansion or season or what have you is is to to spend money to pay it up. really is or to slowly slowly grind but then by that point you know new stuff's out yeah and i, I think for hearthstone specifically like it's it's it, on a fundamental level it's exhausting trying to keep up with the fucking meta yeah it's just it just gets to a point where it's not fun anymore no. but i think what was even more upsetting is like, yeah, I'll keep up with the meta, but the meta is, like, the same thing but slightly changed. Like, yeah. this is basically the same kind of control deck with a couple of new cards, yeah. and I had to, like, bend over backwards to get these couple of legendaries I wanted. Like, yeah. this is Zoo, again, in a slightly different flavor. And I think, like, I'm, <laughs> I can't do that forever. It's just no. not yeah. fun no. forever. And there's got to be a better way. Yeah. There's got to be. be. That was just our first email. Hearthstone, like, you know, I, I think, I, I don't know, because, like, Fortnite's Battle Pass works because you can engage with the map so many different ways. There's so many mm -hmm. challenges to do that it kind of makes that mm -hmm. ascent up the Battle Pass fun and engaging. Sure, yeah. I just can't, you know, like, these Mortal Kombat dailies are, like, win a match with this person. Yeah. Do 10 jump kicks. Like, what more can you do how many more ways can you engage mm -hmm. and make those logins or dailies fun and engaging it really has to do with the type of game yeah, yeah. You know, what can you do with i do think mortal kombat 11 has some cool stuff in it that that like those dailies would be more fun so they have like co-op battles where it's mm -hmm. like okay you're going to go up against essentially a super ai boss there's going to be three of you mm -hmm. you're going to each try to contribute as much as you can to bring down that life bar like that to me is a more interesting challenge yeah. than like yeah that's do fun. five uppercuts yeah. yeah land 10 jump kicks right. oh that's fun and i i know it's easier said than done and you don't want everything to be like creative and complex but i do think the more creative you get with how you engage with that game it's going to be a lot better. And, like, in, in some sense, the Tower of Time, the Towers of Time are trying to do that. Yeah, It's just the true. way that they do the modifier. Like, I sometimes I think they're coming from a good place, but the way they implement them, or it's just like, yeah, it's it's not fun when I can't see. Like, when yeah. you make the screen pitch black when I'm close to the opponent, like, that's not fun yeah. on any level. It's not a fun challenge no. to overcome. 75 brutalities. Right. Yeah, and being able to finish this tower doing 75 brutalities, that's not fun. No. That is not fun. Not fun at all. Couldn't, Our next email. Couldn't be any less fun. <laughs> Comes in from Joe. He says, hey, allies, I recently picked up Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and while the game is incredible, it started feeling a little overlong to me at about the 20-hour mark. <laughs> I knew long way to go. going long in way to go. that it's a very long like game, but it <laughs> feels maybe, long. Maybe. As a point of comparison, Persona 5's Platinum Trophy takes roughly twice as long to earn, but it flew by for me when I played it. What factors do you think make a game feel longer or shorter than the actual time it takes to complete? Are these the same factors that would lead to a similar feeling with a movie or TV show? I mean, directly comparing the two, the story of Persona yeah. 5 is endlessly engaging. You know, and the way you go from I adore arc... the game, and I don't even know if I agree with that. Oh, yeah. dude, just like going from character to character, like new relationship here, relationship here, relationship here, overarching story part, and <sighs> like more supporting characters. Whereas Odyssey does get into a point when everything kind of just starts blending I've, together. Yeah, I feel like a 
Persona has like a much more variety, you know, yeah. like locations you're going to. Like you're going to all those different dungeons with different theming. Like mm-hmm. Odyssey is in Greece and everything kind of looks yeah. the same after a bit. Yeah. And a lot of the quests just yeah. really start to kind of blend and it's like, ooh. So story is. I is think a story, yeah, could be a huge driving factor. Though. Big part. Um, I feel like in a lot of games, <clears throat> I'm starting to see the part where, like, okay, they're they're changing it up here just to keep things fresh, but there are a lot of times in games where that moment is they're just doing it to do it. They're not doing it because there's any real reason. And I really had a great time with this game, but there would be moments in Batman Arkham Knight where it's like, okay, like I need to move these levers around to match this voice file. Like that's mm-hmm. not fun and admittedly it doesn't take that long but i just to answer this question um it's finding that balance of having a loop because every game you can break down into loops right but how like if you're if your loop isn't that complex you need to be a shorter game and i feel like games are afraid to do that yes where they have a good idea but they don't have a good 30 hour idea they have a good 15 hour idea Mm -hmm. and i feel like there's this external pressure of like Hey man, I'm spending money on your game. It's got to be this long. It's got to it, all this stuff. And I really wish, and I know it's not possible. And I know the problem is not that simple. But let your game be ten hours. Yeah. I treasure ten hour games. Let it be ten hours. Let it be ten hours. It doesn't have to be thirty to fifty hours long. Yeah, and it's like if Assassin's Creed main story was a lot shorter. Yeah, I would enjoy it a lot more. I agree. Like that's that's awesome that you have all the extra stuff you could do. Yeah. But I feel like if, because like, it takes a long time to get through the main plot long. of that game, which was like what I was working towards like the yeah. whole time. Long time. I, yeah. If they just shortened that up a little bit, I think it would. I would enjoy it way more. I agree. I also think, uh, and just because there are so many open world games, this is a thing that's easy to to come to mind is how they develop the main story, and sometimes in open world games, it feels like they kind of build you up and they're like, oh man, here's this central mystery. And then they only feed you the tiniest morsels until you get to the very end and they dump everything on top Mm -hmm. of you. That can also make a game feel too long. I understand wanting to build up mystery and tension, but you have to keep giving me things throughout the story that make me surprised in the tree. That's actually... Batman's just on the mind. Batman does a very good job of that, where there were moments at the beginning, at the midway point, at the 75% point, where it's like, oh, wow, they took this in a slightly different direction or they expand upon this in a meaningful way. The Witcher 3. Bring up The Witcher 3. Wild Hunt. Talk about big moments, like, Mm -hmm. throughout. Yeah, a lot of of big moments, baby. Our last email is a fun one. Comes in from Jason. Jason Voorhees? Yes. All right. Hey, Jason. <laughs> Excellent. He says, hey, guys, short and sweet question. What characters do you hate going against in fighting games? I feel confident going into fighting games, but there's always that one character from each game, be it an AI or online, that makes me worry a bit before the match. For me, uh, Tekken, Lucky Chloe, Marvel vs. Capcom, Virgil, Street Fighter, Akuma. What are your... Noob Saibot. Noob Saibot. Is one I for like sure. I a recently developed yep. thing. Yep. Yeah. Why is that? Just the, like, cheesy combos, man. There's, like, some... Con- I went online, I played a couple matches, and it's, like, 
No F- chance. I fought three noob cybots in a row, dude, and they just do the same combo. It's like the meta, the meta of fighting games. But then now. can't you just learn how to counter that combo and then win? Yeah, but I'm not. You good. gotta put the time in. I'm not to good. Learn. To be fair, though, this question is about mental barriers. Yeah, yeah. noob cybot. He intimidates um, me. I don't play fighting games as much as I used to. But what always would kind of like make me a little more on edges would be a character I'm not really familiar with. Yeah. Like if I fight a character I don't really know anything about, I'm like, I got to learn what they're going to do mm-hmm. in this fight and try to beat them also at the same time. Like fighting a character, like I know what they're going to, like when I fight like Scorpion in a fighting game, I would know what his moves are. So I'd be able to like kind of work around that and play around it. But if I'm fighting someone, I, I have no idea who this character is or what their moves are. Then I'm like, okay, I have to like, I have to get over two humps at the, yeah. s- at the same time. Uh, if anyone is Voldo in Soul Calibur, <laughs> I just immediately quit. DC. I just immediate. Quit. You got me. The mental damage is too high. It's like this person's clearly a professional. I, I get annoyed in any game, not just fighting <laughs> games, where like, and man, I'm guilty of it too. And so I, on some level, I have to be mad at myself. But like when... When it, you can clearly tell that everybody's figured the meta and just trying to do the like the cheesiest worst thing possible, yeah. that can always be annoying, sure. and it's always very tempting to do. But one that fucking pisses me off in fighting games <laughs> specifically, I get so mad. Street Fighter and Ken, man, and oh. here's why: because the 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 players that just like are freaking out and are like rolling their face against their controller. They're always Ken players and I don't understand it and they just need to chill the fuck out. And they're not even, (laughs) it's not even that they're good. It's not that they're good or like unbeatable, but they just, they, it's like somebody is electrocuting them and they can't stop. Like they're just freaking out to the most violent degree, spamming sure you can over and over and over again. Like they jump so much that you think they're floating and you just want to like reach your hand through the screen and be like, calm down. You're not going to get better this way. And it just, it just annoys me to no end where it's just like, stop. Just like take, one second and think about what you're doing. But yeah, it's like they're mindlessly like mashing their face against yeah. the controller and it's upsetting. That's funny. It's just annoying. That's funny. More annoying than anything. Stop, Ken. Stop. Stop it, Ken. I love Ken. And it's like even worse in Street Fighter Five because Ken looks so awful that it's yeah, like this. Yes. Yes. It just it makes me mad. Bring back old Ken. Orochis in For Honor. Pros only. If I see an Orochi come after me, I'm I'm shaking, shaking yeah. in my boots. Because there are, you could tell like I'm a different type of character. Like that's like a precision, remember, like a parry kind yes. of character. Yes, yeah, professionals. So you know they've been playing. Look out! Yeah, it's not uh, just some guy playing a Viking like you with yeah. the axe, <laughs> swinging an axe like a maniac. No, 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 yeah. no, Orochi. Yeah, specialist. Calculated. Yeah. <laughs> It's um, it's not specifically a character, but a reason why I think I gravitate more towards one-on-one fighters than like tag team fighters, and this admittedly can totally happen in one-on-one fighters too. But like in Marvel vs. Capcom, for instance, particularly like Marvel vs. Capcom Three, it is always really frustrating where like you get touched and then you're just in the air until For, you're like, dead. Yeah, yeah. And like it is the most heart-crushing feeling, just. 
knowing the seeing your help bar get melted and you can't you can't do anything you can't block you can't punch you can't do anything and that sucks yeah, when you when they sucks. just figure out a way to keep you in the air that's what noob saibot was doing to me dude yeah just juggling you, you gotta juggling break me. out of that you gotta do the break i know i kept like i kept spamming spazzing on the breakers i was like how do i yeah i hear you, how do I I hear you? in the moment it's hard my hands start fumbling like ah mom's spaghetti <laughs> oh uh, I used to, it's not a fighting game, but I used to hate fighting people in Counter Strike who had ops. Anyone who's oping, I was like, God damn! <laughs> I hate it if they have an op in the deagle. My like, God, dang it! Professional, Brad. What really fucking pissed me off in Overwatch was when you would join a team, someone would instant pick Widowmaker, and not only be a bad Widowmaker, like not get any kills, but not change, but not do the objective, oh. yeah. and they would refuse to change. Yeah. And they were often like they're playing deathmatch, the yeah. worst toxic people because they thought they were gods, but they weren't. They sucked terribly at the game, and they were just worthless. Like you might as well just not have that person <laughs> on your team. Oh yeah, that was always very. I used upsetting. to like get nervous around pyros in TF2 because I yeah. played spy a lot. And they're always spy checking, dude. So I was always just like <laughs> super nervous, dude. I was like, oh. Yeah. Dude, it's dangerous. Yeah. I love TF2. What's that time you hopped in? Years. You should do it. I know. I, I was thinking about if it. If you actually, do it, like let me know. Ago. If you do it, you better Go text me. Round. Dude, yeah. I'll be so bad now. It's though. fine. God. It's fine. I just enjoyed being an engineer in Team Fortress 2. Dude, a lot. it's so fun. Dude, Uber, Uber heavy. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, of course, me, of course, it yeah, gets me yeah, so excited thinking about. Like, of course, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just walking, dude, yeah. walking and firing. And he's, like, he's like laughing and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so wait, good. did you two ever do the medic heavy combo? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. I don't like playing medic Why in that game though. Yeah. But, yeah, but I, I also like being the medic too though. Yeah. No, so I'm, you know, yeah. I, I give and receive. That was like the only class I didn't like in TF2. Medic. I thought it was kind of boring. I don't know. Yo, yeah, I'm with you, man. Yeah. Mercy, I think, is better. I think, yeah, Mercy's like a better version, but I still yeah. think Mercy was the most boring healer to me. Because I like, I like going back between Helion and Amplify. Nice yeah, having it's, that. there's nothing yeah. wrong with it, just being easy breezy. Yeah. It's cool. Like that, that's how you like to play. It's just yeah. like how I like to play. Totally. Not my favorite. Thank you to everybody who wrote in. The email address is askeasyallies at gmail.com if you'd like to send us a question. Uh, thank you so much, Bradley Ellis and Michael Huber, yeah. for joining the conversation. I, I always love these frame traps with you two on because it's, it's just so relaxed easy breezy just easy breezy. easy breezy it's easy breezy thank you guys so much for watching until next time